Welcome to The Real Review, sponsored by PicTalk and Parametric Studios, where you get some of the latest happenings, real thoughts, and real perspectives in the world of film and television. Today, we're going to be talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife. Is it life after death or death to the life of the fan-favorite franchise? That and more on today's episode of The Real Review, so stay tuned. Welcome to The Real Review. No, you're fine. <laughs> so I was I have... gonna do a joke, but I decided not to. Oh, very, very fine. You're fine. Um, I I don't actually know oftentimes what to expect when I see a Rotten Tomato review. As far as like, generally, if it's like extreme opposites, like this one's pretty opposite. Sixty three, ninety five, sixty three critics, ninety five audience. I'll probably fall somewhere in the middle. Like I do know that, but I do feel like I tend to more often understand the rationale behind why reviewers give it the score they do but agree with the audience score if that makes sense there's a lot of times i'll look at the reviewer score and be like okay that's all based upon the way you're seeing it and the way you're feeling i totally get that um but i tend to like it a little bit more like last jedi right had a really good i think overall score i could look it up real quick uh not to get into the controversial films here all of a sudden (laughs) uh last jedi I can't take credit for it, but somebody came up with how to actually and accurately read the Rotten Tomato score. Do you oh, want really? to hear their theory? Oh, yeah, sure. While you're looking that up? Well, I looked it up, but go okay. ahead. Yeah, what's okay. your theory? The way they say to read it is you take the audience score mm-hmm. and subtract the credit score from it. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That would be that would be a fair way of doing it. So maybe I'll apply that moving forward. Yeah. for So for Last Jedi, uh, it was 91 critics and 42% audience score. I so the actually, real score is like a negative 50. Yeah. Like my personal enjoyment of the film as like an audience member was very low. Like I really didn't like the film. But as a reviewer, when we reviewed that one, I put it at like a B level, like a B, B plus level. Because as far as like Last special Jedi, effects, B. yeah. As far as like special effects, as far as like um, acting – um, you know, music, the cinematography, everything like that was rocking on Last Jedi. There were so many aspects of it that were well-made, well-produced, well-put-together. The only thing that I really didn't get into very heavily, which heavily weighed my personal feelings on it, was the story. Like, the story was really bad, badly put together, in my opinion. But all the other elements, elements were so good. So, like, as a reviewer, I gave it a B. But as a as a fan, as like an audience member, I was like, this is F minus because <laughs> of like the way that I felt like the movie, you know, messed up the franchise and all those types of things. So I don't know. I guess that just that's kind of the way that I tend to look at things. But I like that idea of uh, put a, putting putting the two reviews together. Yeah. So it puts the Ghostbusters from 2016 at about a negative 23, if my math is right. And it puts okay. this one at a positive 32. Okay. So, I mean, if you think about those two movies, <clears throat> the critic score is higher on the 2016 Ghostbuster, but that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. This is a better film Look, I'm, than the I'm, 2016. I'm very bad at math, yeah. but let's say both critic and audience well. was 100. A zero score is still sorry. Sucks. Well, I mean, I don't know how many are 100s out there and it might be flawed. That's why I didn't take any credit <laughs> no, but for I this mean, like any <laughs> average. Yeah. Because if it's 100 audience and zero critic, it's still, I guess it's 100 then. 
we're doing right, math here. That's on. beyond it's between us. negative one hundred and our, positive one hundred. So our limited zeros. faculties are not allowing us to do this math. This complex. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, negative twenty. Is that, is that like a really, really, really bad movie? Is what you're saying? Yeah, I could agree with. I that mean, also, basically, but... anytime the audience score is higher than the tomato meter, yeah, right, yeah, then it's a decent film. It's a decent film. Yeah, right. I like I said, I tend to I tend to feel more about films close to the audience but when i review them i try to put that aside mm -hmm. because there's so much like yeah, I, as somebody that does you. films like it's just so there's so much that goes into making a film you know mm -hmm. editing music um yeah, scripting most people don't even give a crap about or no. care less about yeah um it's like joel said with last jedi though you have to take out your emotional attachment to it right yeah so like when somebody comes to me and they're like oh i really like last jedi i'm usually like first of all no but no <laughs> no i usually go like well what did you like so much about it and if they go the story then i'm like okay well we're mm -hmm. not gonna agree but if they go well it just had a really cool like you know special effects i really liked the fights i really liked you know the music and the universe and stuff then i'm like okay they yeah, had these I cool weapons yeah. like light swords or something <laughs> they like familiar. never seen a star wars <laughs> yeah, right. i'm still yeah. blocking i just found out the other day i guess disney's that. doing like a it's like a star wars experience did you hear about that it's like a two-day experience where you can check in literally to like be in a star wars universe like ship that's like supposed to be, you know, flying through the galaxy and stuff like that. And you get like working missions and you have like, you know, you're supposed to be like a, a member of, I think, probably one of the factions or something <laughs> like that. I thought that was a pretty cool idea, but it's like $4,000. I think it would, I mean, I think like it'd be it's, cool. It's and for priced the... out, it's pricing out your average fans. Oh, yeah. oh for there. sure. It's like, I don't yeah. even think I could yeah. stomach, even though I want to go see that millennium. Uh, I don't even care about the rise. <laughs> I just want to go see a life-size version of the Millennium Falcon. I don't even think I can make it. I think this is more immersive. Right? Stuff, oh, yeah. but, uh, no, this is like a complete, like a like a cruise on a starship, basically. Yeah, like, yeah it looks really cool. But I feel like for the first hour, I'd say, this is awesome. And then for the next two days, I'd go, oh, we're still in character? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, You wake up in yeah, character I mean, and go to sleep in character. I, yeah. I see it descending into Lord of the Flies within the first three days. So it, it'd be an interesting... Uh, <laughs> Lord of the Flies in Star Wars. Yeah. They're like... Get me the real lightsabers. I'll start killing. Please, can we do yeah. laundry? Yeah. Well, they created like a lightsaber that actually like extends, and they have a video of that. They, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, they showed it on stage, which is part. But it of was that. dark, so I couldn't tell. Yeah, if it already was like a glass tube. Yeah, or... it might be different up close. I I couldn't tell either. It looked like it, it was cool. nothing there, but it looked yeah, yeah it, it grew looked... out of the handle, right? The hilt yeah. or whatever. Somebody said it was like a giant measuring tape sort of thing. It's like a tape that sort of un unfurls or unwinds. So. I don't know. I thought it looked pretty cool, but anyway, yeah, the the Star Wars Disney area is pretty fun. I just I want a mini one to cut my Thanksgiving turkey with. Oh, that you know what I mean? Just like a little four inch <laughs> <Yeah>. lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. just just film it with a, a that'd be great, Ross. You just like like a, a knife and bone because you just cut my tooth. <laughs> <laughs> ah, good piece right here. Yeah, rotoscope in later on your <laughs> right. thanksgiving video i yeah. think that'd be awesome i'm <laughs> that's sure that's awesome. already been done why don't we so why don't we do intros here because i always think it, i've been trying to get All into right. doing that yeah so i don't know ross you want to go first yep i still am ross caligiuri yep and david deloso awesome and i'm joel cunningham uh today we're going to be talking about ghostbusters afterlife in case the title of the hey we don't want to get copyrighted call huey um so let me give a lawsuits lawsuits 
Uh, the brief synopsis for this is when a single mom and her two kids arrive in a small town, they begin to discover their connection to the original Ghostbusters and the secret legacy their grandfather left behind. Ooh, very spooky. Uh, its director is Jason Reitman, uh, stars uh, Carrie Coon as Callie, uh, Paul Rudd as Gruberson, uh, teacher. Um, and then Finn Wolfhard as Trevor, McKenna Grace as Phoebe, Logan Kim as podcast, and Celeste O'Connor as Lucky. Um, that's all I'm going to talk about before we get into sort of the more spoilery type areas. So I think um, the one thing that could be said about this film almost more than anything immediately is that it is, in my opinion, a much stronger film for fans. Right. So if you are a fan of the first two films – um, and you go and see this one, then you're going to get a better sense of like, okay, well, there's that element that ties into the original one. And there's this element that feels more like the original one. Whereas this one feels more like a reboot mm-hmm. of the franchise, you know, going in because it's much more closely, not only because it's more closely tied um, to the story, of the other one, but even the characters, right. you know, that were a part of that one are in this one. Um, Definitely not a remake. Right. Whereas the, the last one, um, it was the remake version. Mm-hmm. And that was like, we're going to start our own generations, Ghostbusters with brand new characters and brand new actors and now, stuff. Did, did you see that one? I did. Yes. I did not. You did I not. No oh, okay. Um, honestly, yeah. <laughs> honestly, it wasn't, I disliked it for reasons that go much further beyond. Cause obviously it was a very politically charged thing with the whole like yeah, that, that recasting. Me, and, but it just like, yeah, it just I, didn't like interest me. At I all. tried like, to go into it very much with like an open, I try to do that with every film, right? Like mm-hmm. let the hype or whatever around the film mm-hmm. be its own thing and just be impartial. And then honestly, just there was just so many elements that it didn't land well. It felt very half-baked. It felt very um, silly at times. And not even comparing it to the original Ghostbusters, just saying that in and of itself, this that film felt very tonally weird. Like there would be these moments where they were trying to go very like slapstick, stupid, dumb – but then you'd have these other moments where it was like awful, kind of like horrific type stuff that kind of went beyond a kid would want to see probably in a movie. And then there was other times it was just kind of boring. It was yeah. like I guess we should give waiting it for at least one prop and that would be it, maybe it kicked open a door that allowed somebody to go, hey, we should yeah. make a good Ghostbusters movie. Yeah, absolutely. I think it re – because there was a lot of talk and you're probably – I don't know both aware of this, but there's been talk for so long about doing a Ghostbusters 3. Mm-hmm. Um and they did the video game yeah. at one point. And that was kind of the story that they ended up were going to make, I think, in Ghostbusters 3. There's a lot of reasons, I believe, that Ghostbusters 3 specifically never materialized. Um, Ghostbusters 2 was a little bit of a, a letdown, I think, in the box office for what they were mm-hmm. hoping it would be. Um, there was a lot of people, especially with critics, that felt like it was kind of just a retread of what had happened in Ghostbusters 1. And then a lot of the other people that were in Ghostbusters, the, the series – launched into other projects and became super pot. Not that Bill Murray or anybody's like, wasn't doing other stuff, but even more so, you know, they launched into other types of things. And I think just the story with the world feeling like Ghostbusters two didn't perform as well mixed with um, availability and everything like that, just kind of put it, kept putting it on the back burner, putting mm-hmm. it on the back burner. And then until finally we hadn't said, you know, fortunately it's like, well, how do you make a Ghostbusters three mm-hmm. without one of the leading characters? And so, and Harold Ramis. Yeah. Harold yeah. Ramis. So um, I will say Ghostbusters still has a strong footing in our culture and the way that every convention I go to, yeah, they're like little factions. Cosplay. Yeah. It's like, it's, uh, but the they raise money or something. Stormtrooper yeah. stuff. Yeah. No, it's awesome. Yeah. And that's been going on as long as I could remember. So it's surprising to me that it took this long for yeah. 
you know, just to keep the Ghostbusters going. I'm sad that Harold Ramis wasn't alive to see this. Yeah. I feel like he would have really enjoyed it and, and honestly added more to it. Not that it's a bad film, but he probably would have added some to it. Yeah. Um, at least he didn't have to see the 2016 one. Yeah, that's true. It's a dark, dark <laughs> yeah, joke, but it's it true. A, yeah, it was probably a dark day for the, the Ghostbusters <laughs> franchise. I think it's got to feel completely different now to be that Ghostbusters is like they're making a statement now by being this Ghostbusters. That's why I always warn people not to get a tattoo of a band they really like because eventually oh, yeah. they're going to put something out that's just yeah. like horrific. <laughs> you almost have to put <laughs> the like year. Covered up, yeah, you know? the year that you get the tattoo. <laughs> right. So you're like, no, that was the year that I liked them. So I, I don't know. Um, but I, I personally saw the first two Ghostbusters films and I really enjoyed them. Same. I don't know if you. Oh yeah. yeah, in the theater, bro. In the theater, yeah. And it's just that crew, uh, that that meatballs stripes crew. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's yeah. uh it's um, a level of comedy that just cannot exist today. Because yeah. if you go back and watch it, it is it's it's an adult comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, on every level, all then, the sexual overtones jokes, right? From Bill Murray, went <laughs> yeah. right over my head as a kid. Right. But. I remember, so my neighbor, Frank, uh, would take us to movies because we couldn't get in because I don't even, what what was it rated? I PG-13, PG, I guess, right? I thought it was PG. I can look at the original. 13 one at, in, in 84. But oh, yeah. yeah sure. That was after Temple of the so second one. It had a bunch of, you know, mm-hmm. adult jokes and again, this went way over my head. I still laughed at everything. I loved it. I watch it now and I'm like, it's such a brilliant comedy, mm-hmm. like in man like no other but like agreed it's mm-hmm. it's bill murray like that's something i the like simplest of deliveries oh and it's all it's quick and it's like it's over sexualized but it's quick and it's funny and yeah yeah it's pg the original one pg I yeah figured, yeah i am thankful for this one and i feel like it might lead to more success from other movies doing the same thing which is making i'm gonna call it a family movie where it's that pg-13 there's plenty of entertainment for kids in there but there's still adult jokes and they still say the s-word yeah. Right. Or <laughs> the new so, one. The new one is thirteen now. I would. PG? I think it must yeah. have been. I can double check here, but I'm pretty sure that one was PG through my computer. Yeah, PG thirteen. But you know, I think about growing up, and I loved the Gremlins, and I watch it as an adult now, like you're saying with Ghostbusters, and you're thinking, how was how was I ever allowed to even watch this? Right. Yeah. 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 Sorry, my computer's freaking out right now. It's not a big deal. Um. Yeah. Like I saw the originals. I was born in 85, so it was a little hard for me to go see it in 84. Uh, <laughs> uh, but like I saw the originals, I think, when I was in my teens. Yeah, I was 10. I okay. Yeah. That dates me. Oh, that's it, all right. <laughs> uh, I saw them when I was like 12 or 13, and then immediately just, I think there was just something about the original cast of kind of these ragtag. Yeah, I mean, you love to see the underdog story, right? You love to see the story of like people that you don't think. Mm-hmm could succeed, could accomplish things that are, you know, looked down upon, not just by like a specific group. It's not like this group looks down on that group, but it's like everybody looked down the Ghostbusters. Like right. even though they man, were woman, children, you know, any, yeah, whoever you are, ap- academic, non-academic, you all look down on the Ghostbusters. And so it's this uniting idea that like these guys could step up and become successful and do a good job. And so I think that was what. And they're rock stars by the end. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, and it was, it was a dynamic you know, the the timing of the, the the jokes and the the way that they did the lines and the dialogue and the way that the whole team sort of cohesively worked together was just it, I keep saying dynamite, but it's dynamite, you know. Mm-hmm. And so um, I really enjoyed it. And, and then, by '84, they had been working together for a decade. When did Caddyshack come out? I don't know. Probably earlier know. than that. Yeah. Yeah, probably earlier. But than maybe that, like yeah. a decade, they had already been 
solidifying that, that chemistry. That right? old yeah. school SNL crew. Yeah. Back yeah. when it was actually funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> that, yeah, that dates us. It definitely feels but, like it's uh, dating us a yeah, little bit. I saw it in the theater. I was blown away. But yeah, there's so many great jokes in there. Like, yeah. the, you know, when Peter Vinkman's like doing that uh, psycho, uh, you know, telepathy thing and the guy's like i don't know just a bunch of wavy lines he's like, <laughs> and he's like, like yeah, even though he's right yeah, <laughs> yeah. and he just keeps looking over like, at the cute girl and giving her, yeah, the, giving you know. her the wink and then like, what the hell man yeah. he's like we're paying you aren't we he's like you can keep the five bucks yeah <laughs> keep the five. and the cute girl's yeah. getting it wrong and he's like did you mark these cards oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah that's such a cute line yeah. scene because of the way yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that later but um and then the second one came out, and I had, uh, loved the first one so much, I went to see the second one, and I remember thinking it was good, not great. Yeah, yeah it's one like, of those movies, like you said, good, not great, and then when somebody says, well, what's different about it? They spent more money. Yeah. That's kind of what it feels like. It felt like right. a much bigger budget thing, right. which is kind of like part of the whole style and tone of the original one is like underdog, right? Yeah. So if you fl- if you make everything look nice and well polished, everything feels good, it starts to feel like a blockbuster. Right. And that's kind of what the second one felt. It felt like an attempt at making like a blockbuster version of Ghostbusters, which it goes directly against yeah. the themes Trying of the first one. So it's like the Rocky. Rocky yeah. One. Twice. Yeah. It's just, right. But I, I would also say it's a good film. You know what I mean? Like if somebody had never seen the first one, it might be a little weird to go straight to the second one. But if you watch it, you're still going to enjoy it. I think there's still a lot of fun elements. I think it gets a bad rap for some of the elements that were kind of in it. Um, but I, I I enjoyed it. And then it was like, yeah, I guess we're done. Ghostbusters is done for life. And then every once in a while, as I'm getting more involved in watching films and stuff, you know, oh, maybe there's a Ghostbusters 3, da, 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 and nothing ever shape, took shape. Um they must have been, I feel like they were very protective of the franchise. Oh, for sure. So again, it kind of surprises me that the 2016 one got made, but I yeah. don't think that the original guys had anything to do with it, right? They didn't even make cameos, did they? The 2016 one? Yeah. Yeah. They they had a very loose connection to it. Um, so like this one, they were all on board with. Yeah. This, I'm, I'm just I, saying Bill, that because I saw Bill Murray like is at O'Brien a stage in his career where he, you know... Mm-hmm. He just does whatever he wants. Yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. And I think he's on in interviews like Wes Anderson always gets a yes, but Mm -hmm. everything else. uh, But before I saw this movie, I saw uh, Ernie Hudson, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd on Jimmy Fallon or one of those type late night shows. And they were all just like, this is the one, you know, we saw this script and we wanted to get behind this. So, yeah, I think there was a mixed Uh, message that I don't remember everything because it was a while back, but there was definitely a mixed message that was going on with the original team on Ghostbusters 2016. And I think a lot of them sensed there was some like butting of heads, their intention to just make something come out Mm -hmm. that they wanted to just get a project out, but then kind of put a new spin on it. And I think a lot of the original cast felt, I don't know. I can't speak for them, but it was just, it never got, I never got the sense that they were all like, yes, this is definitively the, the thing that we want to see with the continuations of the Ghostbusters model. And I don't know. Maybe that was just based upon the film itself, like right. looking at the script and, and knowledge of that. I know that a lot of the reason why Ghostbusters 3 never materialized materialized beyond just what happened with the, the theatrical lease of Ghostbusters 2 was the original team just never had an agreed upon story and everything for Ghostbusters 3. Like they never put all the pieces together with all the actors hopping on board and, and being okay with it. And I think it's just one of those things where they were working with so many different people. You know, mm-hmm. you've got at least the four people that are the main cast. And then you've got, you know, Rick Moranis, who's like not even acting anymore. And 
Um, for good reason, though. For good reason, I don't know yeah. The, the his story. But. Yeah, so like you know, they've got all these people that are probably trying to coordinate getting them all on board for it. And it just never materialized. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people were quick for Ghostbusters two, and so anyway, we got what we got. Twenty sixteen came out. I watched it. I think I saw it actually first time. I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it um, a couple months after it come out because I kind of wanted to wait a little while. I didn't want there to be as much like going on because I wanted to just let my brain you know, detox from the people saying things on good and bad sides on either side <clears throat> and just kind of see it for what it was. And I ended up watching it and being like, eh. it just I didn't love everybody in it. I love Chris Hemsworth. I love oh, Melissa yeah. McCarthy. The, I love, the, you know, most of the cast, I wouldn't say all of them, but most of the cast I was very big fans of, but it just felt off. The tone felt off. It felt zany. The humor didn't, most of the time it didn't land. It felt very predictable and just very flat and felt like a, it felt like a Disney ride. Like it felt like, uh, you know, the everything again that the first film, the Ghostbusters thematically was pushing against, which is this like glossy, nice, pristine, put together project. You know, everything felt like you know checking yeah. all these boxes and and everything, and it just went completely against that. And I think, you know, moving now into talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife, <laughs> um, this one feels rough, and it feels good and bad. There's good elements to that in my mind. And there's bad elements to that. It feels, though, very much more in line tonally with the original theme. Yeah, it's very slow, but yeah. every all the information comes out organically, which right. makes it feel more like an 80s movie or where they took their time and yeah. presented you a product. Yeah, yeah, there was a couple moments where, I don't know if it was the editing or the shot. Well, it was probably editing, but there was a couple ways that they cut it that felt very jarring mm-hmm. and a little bit like, ooh, I didn't, that doesn't seem quite right. And there was a couple things that were in this film um afterlife that felt very like well we just have to appeal to fans you know people that love the original ghostbusters so we're gonna include those we can talk more about it in the spoiler section there's also a couple um, of characters that i feel like didn't need to be in the film yeah agree yeah, yeah that, they kind of they just slowed things down they yeah. didn't really serve a purpose but yeah. other than that when i was leaving uh, there was a kid outside the theater and he looks right at me and he goes i'm going to see the ghostbusters I said, oh, have you seen the old, old ones? No. <laughs> so my hope is that he sees this one and goes, I really like that, Dad. And Dad goes, we should watch the originals. Yeah, I mean, that'd be fun. Yeah, go back and kind of check out the original ones. It's, it's kind of the yeah. purpose of a reboot, right? Reboot the sales of the old ones. And, yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, I think this was good enough. It's doing moderately well at the box office. It's not like blowing them out of the water. I think the big difference between this one and the 2016 one is the budget's like half of what the 2016 one was. So even though it's not blowing it out of the water, it's probably going to be good enough to make mm-hmm. them some good money, um, especially when it gets into like home rentals, you know, VD, you know, DVD, or, yeah, DVD, Blu-ray. What's that? What was that? Rentals. <laughs> yeah, rentals exactly. Yeah, yeah. so I was like DVD. I meant like streaming and everything. Yeah. I think uh, this uh, one's going to have a hard time living up to the originals in the way that we are talking about the original Ghostbuster almost forty years later. Yeah, I think I don't think people are going to be crawling to watch this one 40 years from now i would agree with that like when i left the theater i went do i want to see it another one of these like do i want to see a fourth afterlife two or whatever right. they're going to call it like post afterlife coming out <laughs> like is anybody going to care there's yeah, a handful of them some like interstellar i still talk about that i'm no, assuming I'll still talk about that. yeah right yeah. yeah but those are original films right yeah agreed yeah. that's what i'm saying but like yeah. is anybody going to care about indiana jones 5 when it comes out in 2025 or something i don't think so because the bar is set yeah. so high 
by the original never, content. Yeah, you're, you're never, never going to. I still talk about Indiana Jones 4. I mean, because of how awful it was at times. Look, it's a skull. It does things. <laughs> like every time at the end of the movie where they put the skull in front of something, they're like, oh, look, it opened a thing. It's like, yeah, but it's been that three, way the whole movie, guys. Right. But what's so crazy is 3 was amazing. Yeah, 3 was it great. It really added a new element. You know, like it's possible. Yeah. They just aren't doing it. Yeah. I would say he's also 82 now, but I liked him in Star Wars, so. Yeah. I think we were all comfortable with the idea that they would um, include some sort of child in his legacy. You know what I mean? Like he's going to have to have a kid. They like did. that kind of made sense. Shia I know. LaBeouf. Right. But they just like did such a the poor job. Took it, pulled out his tooth. Right. But they just did <laughs> such a poor job with the character. Like he didn't have to be insufferable. You know, he felt he didn't have to be he, Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, yeah, he was like the the doofy. <laughs> I like Shia LaBeouf. I like the character in it, and now it's like I liked him, but I didn't like him as as Indiana Jones's son. He I was, was like a good actor would, too. Yeah, like if he was just no, that, they were building him up to be like the next. Yeah, they were trying whoever. to. I think turn. I think they were trying to turn it into like you know Indiana Jones's kid, and I just don't think that they did a good job. Like the whole thing about Indy, like when they did all the flashbacks. I don't know why we're talking about Indiana Jones right now. <laughs> But the, when yeah, they did we'll all the get, flashbacks we'll to, to, Afterlife to Nina Jones, like, you know, young Indy, um, they had that in the third film. River Phoenix. Yeah. Wow. Then mm-hmm. in those moments where they did those flashbacks, you get a sense that like he was a he was the same person back then. And he was a decent kid. He was fighting for what was right. Like he's trying to save nice the dog. Indy. Yeah. But like the whole idea was like and he turned into that adult version of it. Like he had good principles that led him into having good principles as an adult. You don't want to think of like Indiana Jones's son who's supposed to take the helm as being this like greasy, you know, greasy haired, you know, biker kid that's yeah, like, you know, eh, disrespects everybody. Yeah. Like you're supposed to take on the mantle of this character that we've seen be this like good upright. Like it would have made more sense if he was angry, like if he was a decent kid, but he was angry at Indy because he wasn't around as right. a father. Right. Like that would have made more sense to me. And then I'm like, okay. You're like a good heir. It didn't even have to be a son. It could have been a daughter. I would have been fine with it. We um, talked about this with the James Bond too, where you can't be the new James Bond by destroying the old one. Exactly. Right. And that's what it, that's what it's like. kind of felt like. I mean, sort of. Yeah. Um, so it never really felt like he stepped into the mantle, um, Shia LaBeouf of being a good new replacement for Indiana Jones. But I know they're working on five then. now. And if any of the story elements are true, it's going to be a very <laughs> interesting ride. I don't know if we'll see if that's actually the case they're talking about time travel mm. and stuff in it which is yeah it's gonna be a multiverse you, you that's a hot yeah. word right <laughs> now <laughs> you lost me when you survive a nuclear explosion oh yeah that was, in a freaking refrigerator yeah, that was that taught me if there's ever a nuclear to a film. <laughs> fallout like yeah. get in the fridge yeah. <laughs> and hope for the like, best that's like a bull way to start the film it's like we're gonna start the film with a nuclear explosion that right. indiana jones survives and then He's going to survive getting beat up. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how do you, you can't really build up to something from there. I mean, I guess aliens are a good direction to go with nuclear bombs, but I didn't. Right. Get, I wasn't down personally for the whole sci-fi alien element in Indiana Jones. There's I always a, much more like the whole like the artifact. Yeah. Keep it on Earth. Keep it with, you know, like artifacts and spirits and. And things Cave like that. Dwellers. I would even been fine with like ghosts, like Scooby Doo. It was right. with Indiana Jones, but like not aliens. Like that's just not the realm. Like keep aliens with Star Wars and don't. Make so it I guess the cultless archaeology to tie that into Afterlife, Ghostbusters. I would say they didn't have to destroy the Ghostbusters to make this film enjoyable. Right. 
And it really felt like that was the case. They felt like they did their homework in trying to um, honor where the franchises come from. And that doesn't mean that they couldn't, because these are ragtag guys in the original series um, that are faulty, they have problems. That doesn't mean that they have to end up in the best place. Mm -hmm. Like they can end up in bad, bad places, which we saw, but do that in an honoring way. Right. You know, don't do that in a way where it's like changing their character just because you have to have them, you know, out of luck or in a bad spot. And I felt like that was everything that they explained with where their characters wound up for the most part made sense, mm-hmm. which was really good to me. So um, what were do you guys have any thoughts on like your expectations going into this? Zero. Zero. And okay. only because you guys wanted to review it that I said, oh, I'll still see it because again, a list. I'll, I'll go. It doesn't matter to me, but like. <laughs> I I didn't really look into anybody else's uh, opinion of it, you know, like even though I was going to try to go that Thursday, but I ended up seeing it Monday too. Uh, so I, I really didn't look online mm-hmm. to see what people thought of it. Like it, it seemed to be doing well. So I was like, maybe, but zero expectations going in because I knew, I knew they can't, they can't touch what that first right. film was. Yeah. I think I'm more in line with Dave too, where the, the ship had kind of sailed. Yeah. And so my, especially after the 2016 one, where yeah. I'm just like, I don't it's, care it's anymore. It's such a perfect yeah. story. It's, yeah. it's perfectly handled. It's, mm-hmm. it's, gosh. It, yeah. I was, just, I think I was, it was sad because it's like 2016 Ghostbusters really missed an opportunity in my mind. You know, it could have been this, which I think overall is a better, a better film. It's better constructed and, but they wanted to do a reboot. They wanted to, you know, restart right. it with the whole new generation. And because of that, um, it just, you know, it missed. So it's kind of sad to it me because I think it, it burned is. a it's, lot of bridges, right. you know. It wasn't going to change my life either way, even if it was freaking brilliant. You know, like, <laughs> uh, it's one of those things we keep referencing older movies because they're kind of remaking them all now. We've reached that age where they're yeah. taking our childhood and revamping. But in the same way, if you told me right now, hey, they just announced another Star Wars episode's coming out, I would just go, I don't really care. Right. And so that's kind of how I felt about Ghostbusters. I didn't really care. But then I saw that Reitman Mm -hmm. had a hand in it. And I started thinking, okay, well, maybe this will be better, a better shot at it anyway. Yeah. I I appreciate it for what it was. And I like the fact that we have this film now with where the series, if it never has any more content, it feels like, okay, what's a satisfying conclusion Mm -hmm. to at least kind of wrap things up here versus what happened with the 2016 one. And then prior to that, this whole like, are they going to make more? Should they make more? Well, we can't, you know, we, one of our characters passed away, unfortunately, like it, it's just a more nice way of wrapping it up. And it's got some touching moments in it as well, which I thought was, was very nice. So, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we should talk about before we get into the spoiler talk a bit more. I wasn't super impressed with, this. I like to talk about the sound a lot. The surround sound mix wasn't anything crazy. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that stood out to me as being like, well, that was a cool technique yeah. or different or yeah. pushing the envelope. It was mm-hmm. pretty standard. Uh, I did like the soundtrack. A lot of elements from the original included yeah. in there, including like the tones of the synth waves and actually some of the melodies and mm-hmm. instrumentation used. Yeah. So that appealed to me. I felt like bit. I could really tell a difference between the new stuff and the old stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you could totally just sense like oh this is an old soundtrack piece this is a new soundtrack piece and that was a bit off for me but i did like that they included the old soundtrack stuff sorry i was gonna say like the the new movie afterlife is a digital representation of those sounds absolutely yeah Yeah. whereas those old sounds were actually those old sounds yeah Yeah. i felt the 
this, so this goes more into the I think that the directing type thing. I felt like some of the characters were a bit hard to read. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly just for reasons of like I didn't it did in in any given scene I didn't necessarily get a strong sense of kind of like their motivation. Right. Um, and which, like I said, there's a couple in there that I don't think even needed to be in the movie. Correct. But, yeah, and they kind of just. They almost felt like a bit cameo-ish mm-hmm. in, in a certain sense, even though there was a lot of cameos. But um, I think the standout for this um, was the main girl. I'm trying to... McKenna something. Oh, wow. I'm loading things on my computer. My computer's messed up right now. I'm telling you. I can't you. think of her last name. McKenna something. Yeah, the young girl. Or McKenzie something. Yes. She did just such a good McKenna job. Child. McKenna Grace. Yes. McKenna right. Grace is Phoebe. She, Phoebe. Yeah, that's it. Uh, she did something that I find a lot of adult actors even can't do very well, which is to be the most intelligent person in a given setting, but also not be come across as like a complete jerk, you know, like know it all. Um, and that's something that's hard for a lot of adult actors to do. And I see that all the time with kid actors. Like whenever they cast a kid to be like the smart kid mm-hmm. in a project, they're always inevitably like, Completely disrespectful, completely, you know, more capable than all the adults that are around them. You know, they've got everything. Basically, their limitations are all external. It's other people are causing them all these problems. Um, Her role in the film and her acting job in the film really did an effective job of being like, she's smart, but with that intelligence comes weakness because she's too smart. Right. And it gets her into trouble. And she's so smart that she doesn't understand emotions. It's all logic and understanding. And that can help her, but at other times that can really mess her up because when she does have a big emotional moment, it she doesn't know how to handle it. She doesn't know how to, and there was like numerous times in the, the film where she was almost explaining, like, I'm sorry, I'm not more excited. I just don't know how to deal with this because I don't mm-hmm. express my emotions normally. And like, that's something that's, I don't see even in adult actors very often. So it's like that she was, if she hadn't been in the film, I think this would have been a, a much worse film for me in a lot of ways Agreed. because there was, she just had a heart to the film that really, and because of her relation to the story and the characters and everything like that, I think I she did, did. I wanted to touch on her and say that when the movie started, I was bummed that they, the original Ghostbusters, they're adults, right? They're scientists yeah. doing this. And so it's like, okay, it's been reduced to children now and it's yeah. a child's comedy. But about 20 minutes in or so, I really started to like her character and her acting in the movie, yeah. which really sucked me in. Mm-hmm. And then I was just along for the ride with just kind of her. She is the main yeah. character. Of the whole she thing. really is. Yeah. Right. And I think she's kind of in a weird way taking over what Bill Murray was in the first two, because he mm-hmm. was kind of the main character in the first two, even though it spent individual time with the other actors, he still tended to be the focus of everything. They, yeah. The movie follows him. It follows him. Right. Um, so, but she just did a, an excellent job with that. I think the other characters, and this was more of a negative for me to track her, they didn't really have a kind of an arc that they were going on. They did a little bit, but all their arcs tended to be, well, I'm dealing with what has happened in the past, right. I guess I would say. And their arc was kind of like, well, they get a little bit of a closed door with that. They get a resolution to that sort of dark past. But even with them, it's like, you know, you've got the mom who had the husband that's maybe a bad guy. She wasn't really clear. Like if he was a bad guy, he kind of was, but he kind of wasn't. Mm-hmm. And you know, she's struggling because of finances, but they never really talk about why she's struggling with finances. Or where he went. Yeah, yeah. where he went. She's just kind of dealing with that. So it's like, I know it's kind of spoilery, but I'm just trying to explain, like, to me, none of the characters felt as relatable or connectable as um, Phoebe did in the script. Um, and she it, did a good job. 
Yeah. yeah. And you have Finn Wolfhard, which was her brother, older brother, and he was just, you know, whatever. He's like the teenager that wants to get a girlfriend and be a little rambunctious and everything like that. And yeah. he, was, he was he was just kind of a vehicle character. He kind of just drove the plot along, you know, as was that. He was there at times to do the things that basically Phoebe couldn't accomplish or podcast. Um, I do think he was a detractor. He was a negative for me, podcast, Logan Kim, yeah. not as an actor, but as his, his role in it. I just found him a little grating at times. Like it was a little bit too much of like, oh, yeah, he carries around this like giant podcast gear. And maybe because we do podcasting. It just seemed a little. I guess for little, his I, character, I love that character. Uh, yeah, but uh, I think they did a good job of not showing modern technology in the film. Yeah. So kind of makes it timeless in that aspect. Yeah. So maybe that's why the podcast character only has a microphone. Yeah. But you would think in 2021, it'd be like, well, what's your name? My name's YouTube series. Right. I yeah. film everything. Yeah. Not podcast. I mean, <laughs> most kids don't. Yeah. But... There's not a lot of kids that are excited about podcasting. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's not but like it's a kid out in the middle of nowhere. It's a. Uh... Maybe limited, whatever, you know. That's what my but, wife said. Given well, the state of the town, there probably wasn't yeah. a lot of technology around right. anyway. And I was willing to give them that, you know what I mean? Because we always have that weird. But it's a real different, uh, you know, wanting to be on YouTube is something totally different than wanting to have like a radio show, which yeah. I, I equated it more to like, you know, radio broadcast. It's, almost, you know? it's more of like, I associate that podcasting with an adult conspiracy theory nut. And he even talks about how he's really into conspiracy theories. Yeah. But he's such a young kid. It doesn't, in my opinion, make a, a but I like ton their of friendship. sense. It was really. What was he get? What was he getting from doing the pod? And I think what would have helped for me, for him, would have been like if we took a moment to go to his house and you see that like his yeah. parents are either nutballs or they're completely don't talk to him. He's like. Basically spends deaf. all his time alone. How great about his parents were deaf and he was like just that. like, this is how I entertained myself. Yeah, it's yeah. like he, there was a reason for him to be that way because he's so young. I needed a bit I needed a bit more. That's all the characters that you needed a lot more. Yeah. So but and that so all that being said, I, I think overall I had a good time watching the film. There was definitely moments where I got taken out. There's a couple of cuts mm-hmm. where it was like the camera angles almost like they didn't understand the right way to cut to a from a line of dialogue to a different action almost, and it felt very jarring. Um, and then I'm trying to think if there's anything else that stood out. I mean, the special effects were fine. I didn't think there were. There was some that... of the the practical effects, which I want to give them props for doing, because nobody does practical stuff anymore yeah. except yeah. Interstellar, which we were talking about. Yeah. Um, but it almost looks dated now to bit, do yeah. practical. Or the other way around, where the digital stuff, the CGI used to make it look dated. Yeah. Now the practical makes it look dated. I would agree. Yeah, a yeah. lot of it just looked cheap to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, the sets, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't the think the CGI sets, but a lot of the... It looked like, yeah, it looked of... like a fan fan film. Oh, think if, you think, if, if you think about the giant farmhouse in the middle of nowhere, what can you tell me about that farmhouse other than there was a living room with a chair in it? Yeah. Like, did we ever see the kitchen? Was there an upstairs? Where did they sleep? No, but I wasn't. For a two-hour movie, you think you'd get some <laughs> no, kind they of. They showed the bedroom. I was amazed by how they yeah. kept discovering things, like, over the course of days. Yeah. Like, oh, there's a pole that, sorry, I don't want to spoil it, but it's <laughs> like, there's a pole that goes down into a basement that has all this stuff. It's like, you didn't, like, when you first. Day one, you I feel you like day one, you get there. Yeah, you <laughs> walk the property and go, like, okay, there's this weird pole that goes down into this room. And I guess know, the like, sun did. Uh, from Stranger Things where he's like, I sort found of. a bunch of junk outside. Yeah, sort of. I just figured, you know, that's there's nothing else going on. Mm-hmm. They're literally just sitting in the house because they have nowhere else to go. It's like you're going to 
I think I just think about other movies that are that length where it's like they give you an abundance of context. Yeah. Well, I felt like what they were going for was like the house was a character in itself. It's Mm -hmm. like the dirt house up on the hill. Like it was going for this house as a character, but they never did enough to really substantiate it as its own character. Like they never had like they're going around and exploring the different rooms of the house and encountering like turning on the pipes and the water's like, you know, brr, 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 and shakes yeah, and exactly. comes out dirty. And, the character. Yeah. yeah. And like there's a wall that, you know, maybe they hang, they push on a wall and it like falls in or something. They never had that moment. It was more of just like, wow, this house is bad. And right. then there's a chair and take our word for it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Take our word for it. I, I could have used a little bit more of that, I think. And like Dave said, so apply that theory to all of the characters. Yeah. Except maybe the main girl. Yeah. And that's kind of what's wrong with the film. I still think it's a good movie. I just, yeah. it's missing a lot of that stuff. For it's me. the depth. Yeah. You're looking for that deeper stuff from it. So um, let's give it a rating each of us and then I'll, we can do a little bit of spoiler talk. Ross, go ahead. As a fan of Ghostbusters, I'm, I still think it's a must see. I'm going to give it a 92. Wow. That's really what good. The... That is really high. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. What about you, sir? 40. 40. Yeah. That's the lowest we've had. Holy cow. What did you... I Oh, my gosh. That's ridiculous. Let him, crazy let's let though. him explain it since it's so low. I think you should explain. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so many... I mean, without going into spoilers, I just had a lot of problems with it. It was just so... Okay. It, I, I, I guess I... Like we were talking earlier about the, the level of comedy in the first one. Yeah. Where it was working on so many levels... And it had the story that, I mean, this flawless story. Yeah. This one just had so many problems with it. And mm-hmm. it was just trying too hard for yeah. sentimental things that, and then the, the third act, that was, that was just really ruined it for me. Huh? Well, I'll look forward to hearing more about your yeah, thoughts yeah, on that yeah. when we get into spoiler talk, cause that's a harsh so review. You're going to average it's like an F with minus there. But, uh, I mean, it sounds bad, but like those are all technical things. I did enjoy some of it, you know. But yeah, like, I'm just thinking about it from like a from a production standpoint. Like, I would give a bird like a movie like Birdemic, you know, an F, like a 40. Like that's the sounds bad, the the visuals are bad, the acting's bad. Oh, the, so it's 60 the cutting is failing. Maybe I'll say 60. Okay, that's. <laughs> Seems like more reasonable, enough, yeah. Like a D minus, like, just yeah. because they took the time to make you it. You didn't I even mean, put your name on that's it. That's basically what it, that's like a 40 comes across as like, yeah, they didn't even roll the camera oh, at the right time. They gave you 10%. They cut in halfway through his, um, his take, you know, or something. Right. Uh, yeah. Did you not use the number two pencil, yeah. son? <laughs> um, yeah. That's like sheer ineptitude in filmmaking levels. Scantron just um, didn't pick up your answer. <laughs> I would give it, I thought long and hard about this. Um, as a fan, I would give it a higher rating. But as a as like a reviewer critic style thing, I think I'd give it an 83. Um, just because of some of the stuff we talked about and we can get kind of more into. Which I think most people are going to go lower that haven't seen the originals. You know, like even in the movie, she says, you didn't know that, you know, the Ghostbusters were a thing? And she goes, that happened 20 years before I was born. Yeah. How many kids are going to see this that don't even maybe know what Ghostbusters are? I think, yeah, I agree. Which will lead to lower scores, I think. Yeah. It's it's Well, that's who they're targeting to me. Right. Yeah. You know, I think you nailed it where, hey, now my dad's going to show me the original, but he's not going to because of its comedy. Yeah, you know, which and is then, sad, right? And then they're going to sit through it together, and the dad's going to cringe because of because <laughs> he's going to go, "Oh, I don't remember Bill Holy Murray cra- almost like, taking advantage I of a possessed hope girl." My son doesn't, yeah, doesn't remember this or the. <laughs> BJ scene with uh, Dan Aykroyd. I'm like, holy crap. It's got some pretty strong adult. It's not a film for kids. It Bust, really shouldn't have been a PG. Bustin makes me feel good. Yeah. <laughs> really shouldn't have been a... 
shouldn't have been a PG. But film, I miss those have. days. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, oh, maybe, yeah, I'm like, not a parent, so I can't really say. Yeah. But I would want my kids to be like on Christmas or that time of year. We watch Gremlins. And yeah. We. Yeah. And I know that's inappropriate, but I also grew up with it, and I'm fine. Yeah. We've kind of yeah. lost that PG thirteen yeah, like, level. It did, right. Like comedy. I'm saying, it's over your head. And you'll get it 10 years from now. Like yeah. when I saw RoboCop as a kid, I don't think I even realized that that guy was going to do horrible things to that woman and RoboCop shot him in the junk. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Right. Yeah. But as an adult, I look at that and go, wow, that went right over my head as a kid. You know? <laughs> what? No. Yeah. Uh, that hit. Every one of those things hit. And I saw that in the theater too. Yeah. Ma'am, you have suffered an emotional shock. I will notify a rape crisis center. <laughs> Brilliant stuff, man. Brilliant. Awesome. Well, let's uh, move into spoiler talk. So uh, with that, if you don't want to hear any spoilers for the new Ghostbusters Afterlife, go ahead and turn off the podcast now. Going inside. Yeah. Five, four, three, two, one. And, and that never happens yeah. in the movie. Ivan Reitman dies, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> in, in the sadly, first act. Yeah. Sadly, this yeah, very quickly. Horrible. I mean... <laughs> Seeing him, well, we'll just hop right into that, I guess. Um, seeing him, wait, talking about Harold Ramis? Yeah, Harold Ramis. Um, I do at the beginning when they're hiding his face. I was like, that is so respectful. I like it. Yeah, you know, like I know he's dead. I know he's not in the movie. Yeah, I thought that was super respectful. And then they kind of changed it on me at the end. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so to clarify, yes, Harold Ramis is who I was joking about. Um, it's, you know, in the film, he's deceased, right? So, and in life, and in life, which is sad. And um, Ivan Raymond is not dead. I should stop making that joke because people right. are like, it's going to start trending on Twitter or something. And you're like, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, my, my... Uh, it was a very touching way, I think, to, again, if you're a fan of the originals, you're going to go, well, how do we get the original cast together? Mm-hmm. And there's almost, and I was like, really thinking, I'm like, there's almost no other way. Then to turn him into a ghost, but it fits because we we're living in a film universe where there are ghosts and there are dead people and stuff. The only thing that didn't really make a ton of sense to me was why he was a human ghost. Because most of the other ghosts you see, even the humans, um, yeah, are like demons, a, like demons. But it and, just happened if uh, his body wouldn't decompose. Yeah, but like you had the the crazy cab driver, right? That's sitting at the counter with the skeleton. Pours the skeleton. Yeah, it's like, I'm why saying... is he there, and why is he <laughs> well, a skeleton? I mean, well, he was, was a minor of... from 1929. No, he was a cab driver in the movie, but like they put that in. Uh, that was in the I think the, oh, original, the original, right? So he was a a callback, a harken back from the original. But like you have a floating ghost, metal eating creature in this one, like, and then in the original you had uh, Slimer. Slimer. So it's like those aren't. In my opinion, they're not people. Even when they showed the librarian who looked human, I I want to say yeah, she then was she floating. freaked out in the little yeah. yeah but then she goes right. and she like turns into like the good. She had a human form, but it was right. almost like because she wanted to be a librarian, but she was actually some anyway. There are a lot more problems than Harold Ramis. Well, I'm uh, just saying, I you know I was okay with it, even though it didn't fit within the realm of what I felt like was possible in the Ghostbusters world, <laughs> yeah. you know? And they did the right thing by uh, starting off with an action scene. That's kind of how things have to be now. Books, yeah. movies, everything, right? Yeah. So, And I thought it was funny the way that he died was like failing because yeah. it's like they're always, <laughs> that's the kind of the Ghostbusters thing is like we fail upward, fail up, you know? Yeah. And uh, for once it didn't fail up, which mm-hmm. was very sad in the sense of how you end up figuring out what was happening in that, that overall scene. It was a very confusing beginning in a lot of ways because you're like, why is he doing? What is that? What? And I felt like it paid off well. That was mm-hmm. one thing that was nice. The setup, 
and the payoff to the initial scene was was handled very nicely um trying to think about some other i mean do you want to tell us about all of the awfuls of the horrible ghostbusters afterlife just a story i mean the fact that i mean they saved the world much less new york that story just would not die you know you still remember the challenger exploding you still remember these huge events in if you're i mean in 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 movie history you know what i mean like yeah the the fact that they they needed to tapped into the cult status yeah even if it fell by the wayside that's why i like the podcast dude podcast dude should have known about the ghostbusters for sure and then they him and paul rudd's character could have bonded more over that and then it'd been like then they could have been more astonished that that's his granddaughter you know yeah. I, it made like sense it, to it me. It didn't even when they he told them about Ghostbusters. There's not a scene where she actually has some type of recognition that that's her grandfather. Yeah, she doesn't recognize him. She doesn't. Like, like she's him. never seen a picture. Yeah, of she him, hasn't. Right? I think her mom very clearly hated him, mm-hmm. so she probably never but talked about him at all. What's his last name? Uh, who Spangler? 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 Yeah. Is on his jumpsuit. Right. I mean, just like. Well, I think that's when she notices because then the ghost is helping her. And it's then like she... her mom doesn't even know what he did. Like yeah. he's just an asshole well, she that does... left, yeah. left me, you know? That's what they say. He's like, she says, what kind of scientist was grandpa? Oh, I don't know. Was he a physicist? No, he was a nutbag. He wasn't a nutbag. He was an asshole. Yeah. They say that yeah. in there, right? I think she knew he was, but it came across. I, I could have used a lot more conversation around their relationship. Yeah. Like I would have. Spangler wasn't a person that ever came across like even wanted to have kids. Right. You know what I mean? Like you never like, looked at me like. Like she should have. Who's, who's the mom? Like who's, <laughs> the, where's mom, the grandma? I right? love Kira Coon, by the way. She's yeah. awesome and everything. Yeah. But I'm a, like, she should have known who her dad was. Even if you hate him, you're going to keep tabs, right? Yeah. And then ha- somehow wanting to keep that away from your children. And then when your children finds out, you could have had a scene to kind of confront who he was. It's like, yeah, he was. Yeah. What I, what I, what would have helped me a lot was, a, again, a bit more of an explanation of like their backstory. Like where was the big what falling happened? out? What happened? Peter Vinkman right. Did went Spangler, into academics. Was Spangler an absent father? But it, then it looked like, no, he wasn't. Because when you see the photos of her at the end, it looked like he was very much involved. Like he had a ton of images and photos of her. So it was like, well, what yeah. was going on specifically with what that? What did Dan Aykroyd, right. why did he have a tattoo and work yeah. at a bookshop? But I don't think that was. Well, I think that was in the other so one. So in my mind, had, it uh, didn't, that never came across shop. as like, well, this is, uh, this is a plot hole. It came across as more of like, we just needed to do more of a deep dive into that. Agreed. It felt like there was an, there would, there would be appropriate reasons for that, but it just, they never did give those reasons. And so to me, that's more of like, I would have liked to have seen that more, but not like, Oh yeah, my god, It's gosh. a sequel, but literally you have a two minute. Are we in spoilers? Yeah. Yeah. I did, you have I did, a did, 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 did. you have yeah. a a one minute cameo of the original cast that show up at the last minute and cross the streams and that's it like yeah I I really thought, like I didn't it. like the retread like, aspect of this I didn't like that it was like why did it have to be Zool and well, the two I, dogs I, mean, I would have been fine with the idea of it being connected to Zool like it could have been some like Gozer you mean. Oh yeah, uh, same thing. Yeah, Gozer, Gozer Zul. Yeah, I don't know. I would have been fine with it being like of the same religion. Like there, this is another god within that you know group of gods or something like that, and they built these 
carvings, but they never really went into detail of the carvings. Like at least in the original one, you got an explanation that like, oh, this is that and that comes from this. And that's, you know, it's like a like with the painting in the second one, it's like, oh, there's this guy who's this famous well, person. See, and that was you know, different. I, I remember, you know, they didn't feed off of the negative energy of New York or something. It's yeah. like, that's, that's good enough. Yeah. I would have been um, happier with a more disassociated plot. Um, on this my, one, and we keep talking about this in all of our reviews about movies that over spoon feed you, you know, versus not enough. Yeah. I would say this is not enough. They show the guy in the coffin, the glass coffin, and mm-hmm. you kind of have to piece together, okay, that's the guy that owned the mine. Mm-hmm. So did he make those carvings? Because then when Gozer comes, he's like, my queen or my goddess of gods, yeah, you know, dead. I built this place <laughs> for you. But that's it. Like, that's yeah. the only time they talk about. He wasn't needed. Like, honestly, you could have cut his character And they only say entirely. his name once when they say all the miners were jumping into the hole. Yeah. They call it the, can't tell you the name, curse. Yeah. Right? I, I think that would have been fine if they had basically like. Why not in the coffin? But like, here lies dude. Yeah. Well, his name was on there. That would have been fine yeah. if it was like Spangler tell you was it, doing yeah. research and he found out about these ruins that had been uncovered in this random place. And so he went out to investigate those. And while he was out there investigating those, he died. Right. Like that would have been a much more. And then you still could have had his daughter being upset at him because she was like, you know, he was already a distant father. And then he, you know, he was so obsessed with ghost hunting and all this other stuff. And then he just disappeared and died versus like he just up and moves. Like they never really explained that. Like, why would you just not take your family? Like I get maybe because you're trying to protect them. But they made it were seem they, almost would they like have been an immediate threat if they lived there. Yeah, but or and, danger. And they made it yeah. seem more like he just like left his family. He didn't explain it. He just took all the Ghostbuster gear and took off and did his own thing. And it was just like eh, eh, just it all felt a little forced. Right. I think that's the best. But way I do I like play. that. Okay, it happened in '84, and you know it's been prophesied that it is going to happen again. And yeah. he understood that, and he right. went to the where that was, yeah. and he set up the auto turrets to keep it at bay. For sure. What I don't understand is the ghost that he catches at the beginning that gets out that Paul Rudd lets out. Yeah, Gary or whatever. <laughs> How does that affect the timing of that volcanic eruption or whatever of ghost of the original one? Yeah, remember at the very beginning, he yeah. captures a ghost. The right, girl so finds that's it. that's the the key master, right? So he Is caught. It? I thought that's because basically you have um, the two dogs, right. which have to you know come together um, in order for Gozer to. I be I guess born, that makes sense. Right? That's why it was in the grocery store before yeah. it actually. They didn't explain yeah. it very well, but yeah, basically he caught one of them, which prevented her from being born or it, whatever that God is uh, from being born because one of them was locked up. So then when they let it out, then that reactivated basically the, the, the process of the God to come back into the world. And so why that was happening when it was, was very briefly summarized by saying that like there's specific years on the calendar that when those years hit, that's when this is going to take place. Right. But it was a little bit forced. Again, it was like, okay, so there's just like specific years that occur because of reasons that allow for this thing to come. It's not like there's a, well, all the planets align every 10 years and it creates this Or like some mathematical sequence. It just was so happens. It was like, well, in 84, we had a big hit. So in 2021, we're also trying to have a big hit. That's what it just seemed like to (laughs) me. Yeah. I thought it would have been funny. I kept looking to see what the next year was going to be, but they never showed it. They didn't. Yeah. So 2022. (laughs) But again, I think uh, a lot of it felt very. Yeah, no Fibonacci sequences. So uh... this movie was supposed to come out 
in 2020? I think so, yeah. They edited Did they that. change that number? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I So I... I so again, again I, I mean, that's how everything in this movie feels, though, where it's like it's going to come out in 2020. Yeah. In 1984, this happened. And in 2020, it's supposed to happen. Yeah. I mean, 2021. <laughs> again, <laughs> none of that. 38 years and six right. <laughs> Again, none of that necessarily is like a giant plot hole in my mind. No. It's just, it just feels basic. It feels too simple. It feels like. It's a, what a coincidence. They didn't, right. The coincidences of the forcing, which I'm more okay with. Like with Last Jedi. Not to again hearken on that because there's probably listeners that like that movie. There was legitimate plot holes that mm-hmm. you're like, now why did they know about that? Or how did it happen? Or what was that? That literally there was no answer for unless you have to just completely stretch right. the reality that could have been – you have to just come up with stuff, right? And this one, it's like everything is relatively explained. It just doesn't feel very good. And all the stuff as an explanation. All the the setups. Yeah, you have this land in the house, and it's worthless. I was like, "What? Have you seen house prices lately?" (laughs) Exactly. We're on twenty five point seven percent a year to year. I lived in Nebraska. Fifty acres of anything is gonna bring you in a crap ton of money. I lived in Nebraska, dude, and I mean, it's it's a it's a very different world. Like I, when we moved from I I was born in Baltimore. Worthless. We lived in a we lived in a really bad neighborhood. Um, in Baltimore and had a really bad house. We moved into a small town for that area, which was about, I think at the time it was like close to 30,000 people, but it was a small town for that area. We got one of the best houses in the entire town. And that was, you know, back then. And that's going from like a bad area in Baltimore to like the best house. So, I mean, if you go to a house, like that town looked like it was maybe at most a couple thousand people. I mean, and they're driving way out. It looked like way out in the middle. I mean, if you go to like Tonto Basin, you can get property and places out in Tonto Basin right now that are like four thousand know, dollars an acre. Yeah, it's really nothing because there's just nothing out there. So I get, I get what you're saying. Um, I mean, you could have turned a profit on something that was given to you. Like, yeah, but she said he was in debt, so it's like the it's moment just another, you sell all that, oh, it goes just true. to paying off the it's debt. It's just yeah. another example of what Dave's saying of how convenient all the information is. Yeah. Right? But it was a I plot say, of convenience. The and, reason I give yeah. this a higher score than Dave does, obviously, is because all the setups paid off. Yeah. All the jokes landed for me. Yeah. I laughed out loud quite a few times, even at yeah. the really bad jokes, <laughs> because they set up the fact that the jokes were going to be bad. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, you, yeah. You, you were... You somehow made a Goonies sequel, yeah, <laughs> but with Ghostbusters. It kind of felt like that, yeah. I, I even thought the Asian kid was the Asian kid type in. Oh, that sounds that's bad, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm just kidding. No, I get you know what, what you're I'm saying. saying? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's why I loved all the kids' yeah. camaraderie, it, and even the uh, the girl he was trying to date when she joins yeah. in. I loved that group setting, and it gave me that '80s vibe feel. I think it and was then the guy from. Stranger thing that doesn't hurt that, but it's like, yeah, you, you had a bunch of kids, but then again, I'll, and then I was just sitting there thinking, this is a kids' movie. Yeah. Why am I here? You know, mm-hmm. I think they did okay. It job. wasn't bad, but it was like it kind of turned it into a kids' movie. Felt like they had two characters. You have podcast um, in there, and then you have uh, the young girl Phoebe. But that's what I mean. I love their friendship. They it, were they had a good like friendship. A, and they were the most caricature-ish, right? Phoebe's this yeah. extreme version of like no motion but intelligence, you know, and then podcast is this like 
silly, fast talking kind of like, you know, hey, listen to this and da, 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 character. But then everybody else was kind of just bland, bland, normal. And that, I think the cool thing about the original Ghostbusters is that they all kind of had their own a little bit character within it. Like Bill Murray, they were all crazy in their own way. But like, you know, Bill Murray, Bill Murray's like the headstrong, you know, fast talking, you know, deal cracking kind of guy. And then you have um, Spangler, who's like the super intelligent scientist that, again, you know, has no emotion. And the and then, jerk. Yeah, yeah, and the jerk. And then Dan Aykroyd is kind of like the like the I don't know how you'd explain him. He still gets to be he's that character. He can actually bring all he's, this stuff right. together. Yeah, like, he's the practical. You have the plans. I can actually build it. I'm right. going to go get you know? the car. Yeah. yeah. And he then, gets the car, soups right. it up. Yeah. And he yeah. still has that character in this movie. Yeah. So does Bill Murray, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It's just so For short. Like, one minute he was in it. Like when he's like, by the authority of Ohio and the, you know, something <laughs> yeah. about some retirement. That was the and best the thing. Fish so. and hunting. And, yeah. I would say my favorite part of the movie was when they showed up. Yeah. And it wasn't because I was like, oh my gosh, it's the original cast. It was like, they felt like themselves and they felt like good characters. And they were, I thought it was like, it was a point of interest um, and fun it, to me. It, it's just flat. It's just like a camera pan. And they're all there. It's a three shot, you know, mm-hmm. the then the floor four. Yeah. But it's like stand there, say your lines. Well, what did you want to do? Yeah, all uh, in on a parachute, like a half what? a day's work. Is <laughs> you what wanted I'm to come saying. in on a helicopter? No, they just uh, didn't do anything. They just turn, right. shot. Yeah. Oh, you're left. old. Why don't you lean against they, the car? Uh, yeah, I thought that was funny though. Like they they definitely aged. <laughs> like you know, you could tell that they were like, oh, I'm too old for this crud. <laughs> and you know, they even did like the you know like the streams crossing. Is it working? And like that, they all had their quirks and they all interacted just as well. I felt like as a team as they had before. They still played the same characters. Um, That's yeah. what I appreciated. And I mean, I don't. Even Bill I, Murray's like, we could have really been something, you and I. We could have been the power couple, <laughs> but you were all about pillaging. All and about pillaging. Oh, his, his lines of dialogue yeah, that was great. were, were yeah. as hilarious as or, they were in the first then, one. And know? then that ramps up to, are you a god? Yeah. And he's like, Ray. Yeah. Because <laughs> in the first one. Absolutely. You know? He's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was good because it actually showed that they'd grown as people. Like the part where he's vamping with her and he's like, well, you could have been something. Mm-hmm. And then, then she attacks him and he was like. Uh, he was like, oh, I guess my talking so much this time didn't work. It actually shows you that they've they've grown to people to be well enough aware of like how they did this in the past and how it worked for them and how it's not working for them now. It was like so much was accomplished to me in just that short period of having them on screen. I, I didn't need much more than that, especially if they're going to move this on to like keeping it about Phoebe and podcast uh, I mean, I, I, I and thought, Trevor. I thought the death of Egon. Yeah. Yeah would have brought the other two together. Which they just explain away with, well, he kept talking about how the world was going to end, so we yeah, got mad yeah, at him. Yeah, have this big fallout. I didn't his agree with death that, yeah. would have brought them all there. Then they could See, that's, help, that's help way the better, children's right? The children discover who their granddad was, mm-hmm. and not just this a hole. Yeah, right. Start they, the, start the movie with Harold Ramis kept capturing Egon, capturing the thing, yeah. dying. Yeah. Right. Then and at the funeral, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Hudson are yeah. there. Yeah. Right. I would have been fine with that. I think they could have been. And they find a book and they're like, again, well, just wasn't developed now, imagine, enough in my mind. Imagine somebody like a conspiracy theory, like Paul Rudd's character or podcast. Yeah. Trying to be so excited about Peter Vinkman and imagine Bill Murray's delivery on those quips. Yeah. Brilliant. I don't think, but like it would write itself. I don't think that they needed to have excitement around the original kit because the thing was, and they showed this and I think it's accurate. 
you know, this was all taking back in the 1980s. People didn't have cameras, phones. They didn't have the ability to just put this stuff on the internet and then everybody's going to see it. It's like this was something that happened in a very limited area of the country for like one or two times. Wait, and they New didn't, York or uh... yeah, New York, and they didn't have a lot of video footage documenting it. Yeah, so it's like Na- so it makes sense news. That... There is coverage of it. It's yeah, on but it, it made sense again. Like it living in this universe, are you going to be aware of everything that happens before you were born in a completely different part of the country? That I guess it from, you know, right, but I'm saying like that's huge not like events are archived. You know what I mean? It's it. I'm I'm just saying that wouldn't have been a conspiracy theory. Like, did the building actually blow up? I would have had a problem with them being like, oh, well, ghosts, you know, ghosts don't it. exist. We have no proof that ghosts exist because obviously they've, in this universe at least, know that ghosts exist and they've seen them. But nobody did that. It was just more like this is a crazy series of events that happened in a completely different time period that I have no association with. Those guys weren't celebrities anymore. They weren't famous. They... Like they said, they slowly petered out. They didn't have a lot of work coming in anymore. So it's like- It would you know, have been better as a conspiracy, like Dave said. If you just had yeah. a crazy guy that was like, it wasn't a massive gas leak and everybody was hallucinating. This really happened. A ghost yeah. were there. Yeah, but I, I'm pretty sure podcasts knew about the Ghostbusters. Um, maybe I'm wrong about that. Not, but not before- He showed the, him the video. But yeah, but he's into conspiracy. That was the joke I liked the most <laughs> when he's like, wait, you're uh, you're the- uh, the podcast, blah, 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 Oh, that was blah. funny. Like, yeah, it really caught his you're voice. You're my subscriber. You're my subscriber. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it really hit its stride. Voice and, voice and <laughs> episode, episode 46 or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. but those are the kind yeah. of jokes I like because that implies, you know, he only had one. <laughs> I yeah. guess I would say there's two ways to look at it. Was this a direct sequel uh-huh. or were the original characters in this for a tribute? If it was a tribute, then it's fine. I agree. Yeah, I think it's a good tribute. It's a reboot That in my tributes mind. the original. That tributes the original. And I, so it's like, you can't have it so closely associated with the first series of films and stories that it it doesn't stand on its own. And yeah. so I was comfortable with the idea because, again, 1984, it was a limited series of events that took place. They weren't internationally known celebrities um, for the most part. <laughs> they They did a specific job for a specific time and some crazy events happened. But it's like there's terrorist attacks and – um, crazy things that happened in America that I just sometimes find out about that happened years in the past, you know, like this horrific shooting or, you know, there's crazy things like that because I don't just go out there and look at, well, what happened in 1984 in New York that Jeffrey you could make who? Yeah, well, you can make the case that like <laughs> he, what, eight people? You can make the Come case on, that, that podcasts would do that, mm. right? But the other people don't really necessarily need to have done that. I don't think – like we mm-hmm. know of Jeffrey Dahmer because he's so famous and because he's been talked about in so many different other projects and different films and shows and different forms of media. These aren't guys that have had that happen. Like the Ghostbusters haven't had numerous different forms of media that have continued to talk about them and the impact. They didn't start an industry. They had a series of events. So to me, it was like, okay, it makes sense. It's yeah, a no, little no, bit of a stretch. They would have been, but, like I said, died down and delegated to a – comic-conic peer appearance something like as that themselves right know, so like, like a, something like a that picture with peter venkman for 50 yeah. bucks i mean know? we have people out there talking about like i saw a tiktok video that said rome didn't exist and the, like i saw a tiktok video people you know there's like so many conspiracy theories of like well this never happened and that never happened and this doesn't it, that's not true it's like and these are kids these are young kids that are just starting to like learn more about the world 
you know, branch out in the understanding yeah, of different Johnny things. Johnny Cash and stuff. did not write her. <laughs> yeah. That it's like, it just, it made sense to me because. Well, in a world know. where there's infinite knowledge, there is no truth. Yeah, right? absolutely. But I think, you know, for what it was, it was a good touching tribute to them at that moment. And I, I think there are story elements and beats to it that probably could have been delved into deeper and maybe could have been fleshed out and would have taken them in a slightly better direction. Overall, though, nothing was so apparently like off to me that it took me out of the film. It the made way, me go like, there was only a couple well, that's, where yeah. I got out of the film. Yeah. One was, why was she in summer school? Yeah. And like, what, what is summer school exactly? Watching Cujo and then yeah, him going to the back funny. and do whatever. But yeah, I didn't understand why she was I know, in summer yeah, school I either. I never understood yeah. that. Yeah, it should have yeah. been more like a daycare something. I don't know. Like, yeah. Something uh, like that. Like she needed to put her somewhere to basically keep her busy. Maybe oh, there was a line the, that they talked about with that. Yeah. Why did podcasts stop doing the podcast? Yeah, halfway through, he just kind yeah. of. It's kind of like the it. Shang Chi problem I yeah. have with that girl, where she just stopped being a character. Or like, yeah. why did yeah. he put on those infrared goggles when he needed guided a uh, remote yeah. control car? And like, why yeah. did they not put the remote control car in the Ecto One, Ecto One, when they left? Like yeah. they were racing it to get into the car, right? Oh yeah, that yeah, but I'm just saying, like, no, there were then like they felt there's going to be, did, you know, things that you're just like, what goggles Why? on? I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, those, are those night vision, like, yeah. I don't feel like it was an absurdly large amount of like plot holes. Again, that the no, summer school thing, right? Convenient. It could have been explained if somebody had just said like, oh yeah, I need to just have something to keep you busy. You know, Mom, you're we too can't young to move out here. I got to finish school. If I don't finish school, they're going to send me to summer school. Oh, yeah. you have to do summer school here then. Yeah. The, there. Something what would that like take that. me, like yeah. 10 seconds? Yeah, something like that. But they yeah, did other was... things. I mean, like Paul Rudd is a seismologist. And so mm-hmm. that's why he was out there because he was investigating. But again, you never expect, well, why is Paul Rudd even there to begin with? Like, right. how did he know about the seismic activity to begin with? Was it... And then you he know? says yeah, something like, like "Were you already there, or so bored?" And then you realize, "Exactly, yeah." I was like, "Where does why he come was from? he the summer school teacher?" And you can't say he's a teacher at the school because when he comes in, he says, "I found this movie in your school." Yeah, in your school. Yeah, he, he definitely came across as like, "I'm just doing this for a job while I investigate right. the seismic activity stuff." But again, it didn't feel like that was plot holes; more of just like convenience, plot That's convenience. That's what you're saying, and, yeah. It was yeah, just convenient, which lowered the rating for me. I mean, I, it's not. In my mind, that made it less enjoyable, and it made because a good film you're gonna you're like, wow, that could happen. That could exist. John Hughes type coming of age story with these kids, and it just like no, what we actually are using it to do a a Ghostbusters reboot. I thought it was. I thought there was a good coming of age type feel. And why was Carrie Coon's character like an alcoholic? Like you're gonna go off on your dad for being an a hole, and you're like. She like talked about alcohol constantly. the whole time. Yeah, but, but that was, was more of a joke. I didn't think that she was like an actual alcoholic. But I mean, they have to Is give that a joke. They have to give an explanation for why she can't keep a job, right? Right. Or because so, that's what I'm saying. I'm she's like, kind of out of her luck. But, poorly raised. So kid. it's not really your dad's fault. It's yeah, <laughs> it's your mom. That's alcohol. my whole thing. She did like, have the best joke in the movie. I thought though, where the kid, the boy's like, oh, "I'm not getting any bars out here." She goes, "There better be a bar out here." <laughs> Yeah, that's it's like such an obvious joke that I've never heard or thought of before. Yeah. It's funny. I, I, I didn't like her character too much in the story. I felt like she kind of was forced. They have to have a parent. And it was kind of like the weakest set of connections to the overall plot, which is like, oh, well, you know, I, I'm not a good parent, I guess. And I had a bad childhood, so I don't have any money. So we have to move to 
this town in the middle of nowhere, which, oh, by the way, is your grandfather's. That was a Ghostbuster. It She didn't come across as a really good person in the script, but they tried to basically give her redemptive type points at the end where she's like, you know, are you okay? Like she's protecting her daughter, and then, you know, and she's trying to help fight the ghost and stuff. So they like tried to give her redemption at the end, which felt good. But prior to that, you're kind of like, she wasn't a bad eh, person. But like, like her whole arc was my dad didn't care enough about me and abandon us. And that kind of wraps in when she goes down the pipe finally and sees all the images and she gets that moment. And she even, I think says that where, or was that Phoebe? One of them talks about how they felt like they got the closure that they needed. I think um, she does. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cause it wasn't just about, pictures. Yeah. It was like notes of like, you know, right. graduated did this. Yeah. yeah. So she kind of had an art there. Um, Paul Rudd didn't really have any art. Like mm. his whole thing was to be a love interest for, right. and to be one and of the goofy guys. Yeah. What's his kind face's of a, replacement? What's the Rick Moranis? Rick Moranis. Yeah. But see, kind of a if Rick they were going to go for that same type of character, I'd rather see somebody like Charlie Day. You know, that guy, Always yeah. Sunny. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he'd be a great, like Rick Moranis type. Oh, that would have been hilarious. Spaz, yeah. right? Yeah. I would have, that would but have I don't think they were going for that complaining because your television was really loud. Yeah. So you know what I did? I turned mine up really loud so they would think it was me. <laughs> like, I love that. Well, when that's he's having, why the whole when he's having the party. He's like, Judy, this is Rick. Rick has a four hundred one k with five thousand in it. You know, he like gives him his whole breakdown. <laughs> no, I like how this huge party is going on in his apartment, and Dana Barrett, like uh, Sigourney Weaver's character, just. T- literally tiptoes right. across the, the apartment. Yeah. He's like, oh, oh hey, 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 hey. <laughs> that was great. I so he felt like he was trying to be a Rick Moranis, but he wasn't goofy. I think Charlie Day would have been better. Which again was part of what was so ridiculous and hilarious when like he was Sigourney bad, Weaver he and was... Rick Moranis both end up being the dogs mm-hmm. that have to like join together and then they hook up. Right, and they which hook again, up. Like, so again, it's the original so movie, opposite of what you would expect. The original movie been, yeah. has this adult comedy level to it where you're like, holy crap. And this one had to hide all that. Like right. we had to like remember well well we let's not talk about it, you know? Yeah. But again, it, if we go just, if, again, but why? Are, I think if they go too on the nose with what the original characters was, then it just feels like we're doing literally the exact same film. It's still in there. It's just not a yeah, hard that's film, the problem. Right? Like, yeah. like, he, like she's, why would you do the exact same villain, the exact same yeah. two dogs, the exact same awkwardness of getting together? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just that's that's lazy. Yeah. Well, they I still agree. had the funny lines though, like where she's the mom's like, I "What happened to me?" And she says, "You were possessed by some kind of dog and got all humpy." Yeah. <laughs> You know, like, yeah. that's still not a kid's joke. No, that's right? not. Yeah. It's, not a, it's, a, it's funny. I thought that was funny. It's not bad yeah. what they did, but, like, the fact that it's exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just, yeah. it's like, ugh. It, it was a it little, was that cringe. was, it felt, it, it when felt When she simple, turned into simple. a sequenced dress, it was cringy. I was cringy. I, d- I didn't cringe as much. I was just like, oh, okay, that's how she got the dress on. Because they never really explained that. In the original one, she just kind of, like, had the dress. Oh, right? that's true. Yeah, yeah, they did that quick change thing. Yeah, so I, I didn't really have a cringe with it. It was more of like, yeah, it's just kind of a retread, but it didn't feel like it was. Uh, I don't know. It just felt like, well, we're just trying to focus on a lot of stuff with this, so we're not going to spend too much time on the plot as well. Like we're going to spend that's more I mean. time if on trying to make sure s- certain things happen. Yeah, you could have had a be. more simple villain. Yeah, mm-hmm. where you didn't need all these. Well, we need to, you know, just a different check one. marks of yeah, a different one would have been fine nodding to the too. original film, but just like literally copying, pasting 
This one was funny too because they're like, Gozer, when's he coming? Well, it's not a he or she. Oh, by the way, it's this really attractive, famous actress (laughs) that we all know as a woman. Well, then they all kept calling her she through the rest of the film. There was a couple moments with things. Again, some of that might have been editing and directing, but like there was another part where they're like, they're driving the Ghostbusters car out of the city and the lights are like, and then it cuts and the lights lights are are off. off. And then it cuts back on the bridge and they're like, and they're on again. And I was like, there's that. There's a couple of moments where they like the camera jumped, like a person was talking, and they would jump to them not being talking and stuff. And it was just like, oh could we talk about the Walmart already? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Complete garbage. I do think though, because Paul Rudd in Ant Man worked at Baskin Robbins, so that's why that Baskin Robbins scene is in there. Yeah, I mean right? that was obvious product placement in my mind. But it, like, was yeah. that like but supposed why, to be a tie? Because he also was even in a town of yeah. 500 people. Like it would oh, be a Walmart. Oh yeah, there would definitely be a Walmart. There would definitely be a Walmart out there. Yeah. And then tell That's them. where Walmarts yeah. are. Yeah. So the relevance <laughs> yeah. of state puff marshmallows mm-hmm. coming alive. That was dumb. I agree that was a bit of a plot hole. But there I did was like, like that no... the marshmallow fell and had the little indents on oh, his Oh, they belly. were cute as hell. Like, but I'm just there was saying a fun, in terms effective of... scene. It made no sense why they came alive. No. Like that made no sense. The state puff marshmallow man came into existence. Because of Ray. They choose their destruction and yeah. he said i could i thought I the most harmless thing, thing i could think of ever yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, i agree that made no sense for those to be i guess there was kind of a sense of like uh the way that ghosts are just appearing now like we've reached the point where you know inanimate objects. we passed the point of no return so ghosts are just going to start popping up and appearing in different places as well as the the you know the the dogs and so, yes, the marshmallows are going to appear, too. That was kind of the sense of it, but I agree no, it a, was a plot hole. Again, this is yeah, very nitpicking, but I'm yeah. just saying. I think it's a so fair bizarre. nitpick, yeah. But they were cute. I, I mean, thought they handled it well because it comes out, and he's kind of cute. He's got the dents on him. He turns around, and he's got a little butt, and he pokes him. Yeah. And then you see right away the angry look he gets he's when like, he pokes him. Yeah. But then it kind of goes back to being nice, right. and then it turns and bites him. Right. Like, and ah. then they just start massacring each other. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, funny. it's kind of... Yeah, you know, I did like, like the scene with the podcast when he realized he could shock them all. Right. When, he, <laughs> yeah. when he comes out of the thing in the end, he's like covered in... Yeah. Which yeah. is my favorite scene in the original Ghostbusters where Stay Puffed explodes and everybody uh, emerges and they're all covered in goop, yeah. except Bill Murray just has like the smallest piece of marshmallow <laughs> on his shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like one of, one of the funny. funniest yeah. things I've it's seen. Like they're all just completely coated. <laughs> except for him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's what happened to podcast at the end, right? Because mm-hmm. he's shocking all the little guys in yeah. the car and he comes out just completely covered in the goop. Like he went full yeah. berserker, but it was just like marshmallows. It's funny. Yeah. But I would have to believe the Baskin Robbins thing is because of Ant Man, because he's also reading an uh, Avengers comic book in the school. Paul Rudd's mm. character is. Mm. I don't, I was just kind of looking for everything. I'm sure I missed a ton too on top of it. But yeah. in Walmart, they had the whole rack of the Adidas outfit, which Rick Moranis was wearing. So, like, I, I want to believe those were tie ins. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know how much I'm reaching, but uh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm then, sure there's a lot of, did you notice this? Stuff. The Spinners Diner. Mm-hmm. That's the logo for Blade Runner spinners. Oh, was it? Oh, is it? Yeah, I didn't know that. It's bizarre. It's just bizarre. But I liked. I really enjoyed the scene where they were trying to hunt the ghost for the first time mm-hmm. um, in the the factory, and they're trying to catch it with the the laser gun. I thought that whole scene was really fun and effective, and how you know, as a ghost, he led her in how to fix it. And I think there was yeah, times where, the... yeah, I was ahead. a little bit like. Uh, I feel like even though you're unemotional, 
even being unemotional, you're not responding to this as crazy as I would expect. Yeah. But like when your brother yeah, can't drive, is driving a car and you're sticking out the side and there's parked cars. Yeah. All and you're just like, oh, wow, this is And intense. you don't have the, yeah. the, like, the <laughs> foresight side to be like, turn left a little bit. <laughs> yeah. There's just things like that. A little times it's like, oh, this, but you know, that's her character. Like the first time she saw the chess piece move when she was playing chess and she just kind of is like, oh, wow. And a normal kid would be like, what? You know, they would jump way back. Or but mom, yeah. Or a yeah. scientific approach to that is like, okay, now record it. Okay, get yeah. get physical like evidence. study it. Let's, figure out exactly what's going on. You know, yeah. let's prove my kick. Nothing like, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Well, and they never explained um, how Finn, Trevor, you know, Finn's char- character, Trevor, a- how he was able to do work on cars. Like, mm-hmm. They never explained that. But they had show any experience in the beginning when they they're going out to the farm. That he was fixing their car. It's so real they, quick. Right. Yeah. So, but again, that's just But they never tell you why. Right. It's like undeveloped stuff. and Because even the girl, which they get wrong, but when they first show Phoebe, she has a hole in the wall and she's like, yeah. I rerouted the power to give me 220 or whatever. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, which, yeah. And you're like, where did you again, learn all that? So uh, rental. <laughs> it just is a little, it was all you just a little underdeveloped. And I think for that reason, I didn't give it a, as good a rating as I was hoping. And it, right. it did, it was better, I should say, than I was expecting. I was expecting a C minus, like maybe a little bit better than the 2016 one. Um, but what I got was a step better. Like it was a much, it was a much better step towards being a good film but it wasn't a great film right i would just say it was like it was an okay it was a good film at I times think what you miss when you put kids in is ki- child actors really haven't developed who they are as people yeah right so when you have an original ghostbusters you know bill murray's in it you're getting bill murray pretending right. he can kill ghost right yeah. Yeah. and same with dan Aykroyd and all that kind of stuff so the moments i really liked was like when she calls dan Aykroyd. If you know much about his history, he's been really into aliens and UFOs. That's yeah. kind of been his whole thing. And he right. never apologizes for it. Yeah. So she says something like about the Ghostbusters and he's like, oh, we haven't been active since the 80s. You know, when the economy was good, the Reagan years. Yeah. <laughs> which like you cannot put in a movie these days, but they did. Yeah. And they let Dan Aykroyd be Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And he's works at an occult shop. Yeah. Which is what he's into in real life. Right. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. like I feel like kids don't have that developed personality, yeah. but- Back yeah. in the day when Bill Murray was in a movie. If you guys yeah. haven't, or even our listeners haven't, if you've never gone out there and looked at some of Dan Aykroyd's conversations talking about like the, 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 you know, cult, the and... cult and ghosts and aliens and science, it's it's trippy. Right. It's pretty cr- crazy. We really don't have a lot of that in actors now. What I was talking about, like Will Ferrell's one. You know Will Ferrell's going to be Will Ferrell yeah. in a movie. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, But uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other. Gross My like... favorite joke came from Bill Murray. Where he's like, all right, everybody get ready to fire. We go, or he's like, on the count of three, we go on two, one, two, yeah, and then like, fire. Yeah. Like, that's Which so again, Bill Murray and so funny. Yeah. Which is, again, <laughs> it, it reminds me of like, these are people that spend a lot of time together. Yes. Like, he, that he would be able to mo- make a joke like that and somebody wouldn't go, wait, what? Yeah, like, they would all, just, they play all along. just They would play along and they just know exactly what it is. And that he would be vamping while the other guy was getting ready to attack her and mm-hmm. like, that sort of stuff, it's like it tells you that they've known each other and they've connected. And I felt like that was very So you take that joke, handled. which I would I would assume Bill Murray came up with while there. Yes. Right? Yeah. Versus the probably. girl's best joke was probably, why aren't you freaking out? And she says, well, overstimulation calms me. Yeah. Which is funny. <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure somebody wrote that for her to say. For sure. Yeah. And so I think that's what this movie is missing too, is that personality. Yeah. I like. They're all brilliant actors, all of them. I mean, yeah, they, she was a great actor. I just no, I, I would like the to, original cast. Oh yeah, but I was right. I was just 
Gross Point Blank for Dan Aykroyd. Man, oh, yeah, such a good one. one of my man. favorites, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, he was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good movie, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if people like, have probably seen that movie, but that's like a movie that can never be made are... nowadays. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I felt like it was nice as well with this one because this is normally not a film, even though it is a sequel. This was the kind of film that in a lot of ways harkened back to what films used to be like. You know, it wasn't, trying to other than appeasing you know fans and stuff like that at times it didn't feel overly like we're just trying to do the hollywood version of this there's a lot of little little things in there that were just unnecessary the candy bar tweaky well so egon ate a bunch of twinkies right yeah that was his kind of thing yeah so I I mean, the crunch bar i don't even think he ate him i have to go back and watch it but yeah he I literally he used make... it as an example to like you know it would take the, a Twinkie the size of New York City to do something or other. I can't remember the exact scene, but he okay. just referenced it. It's not like he was like eating Obsessed Twinkies every them. day. Yeah, yeah, that's Die Hard with the that one dude. He was buying all, uh, from my wife. She's yeah, pregnant. I could have. They could have. Or Zombieland. What they could have done is they could have toned down the like. Oh, look at this from the original Ghostbusters, and they could have turned up the. Let's develop the story a little more. Let's mm-hmm. go into like some background for some of these characters and develop out like that would have turned this would have dialed that in from being a B minus range for me to being like a B plus A minus range. But it wasn't anything worse than I've seen in so many other movies in so many other Hollywood things um, that I've given ratings around this area to. If anything, it's kind of lower than what I give some of those other Hollywood movies that have coming out um, that that tend to do that. Um the only thing I missed was when the ghosts finally came out of yep. the portal, they could have spent more time terrorizing the town, I think. I was waiting for that. And I mean, we talked about Huey Lewis in the news and the whole like, you know, not being, you know, getting sued until the, yeah, and the music, to the music. Right. But I was, I was literally like, okay, here comes that scene, you know, where the ghosts break out and they wreak havoc in the town and it's, da, 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 you know, it's a, <laughs> just a montage. Yeah, done, yeah. done. And yes, we're not even going to really do that. talk about Bobby's Brown, Bobby Brown's uh, sequel song. <laughs> Did he do it? I don't remember the sequel yeah, song. No, that's a really yeah. good song, too. Is that the yeah. Bustin' Makes Me Feel Good? No, that's oh, Ray, 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 Ray Parker. Uh, oh, gotcha. Yeah. Sorry, I can't hear you very well. Oh, back my God, out. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, so speaking of the theme, the Ray Parker Jr., right, mm-hmm. theme, there was three times in the movie I thought it was going to hit. Yeah. And my favorite time for it to hit is when they finally get the ecto-1 going yeah and they are leaving the basement and they come out they rip out of the barn like full yeah. speed like yeah. that would have been i was waiting for that yeah the yeah. soundtrack no, I... wasn't great on this because of that i think just leave it but for the, the music end? in the, yeah. the original was yeah. so great like the boys are back in town you know yeah that yeah it, they had those montages i mean i get you don't want to pay great, for the rights you know. maybe anymore and they still used it though so that's what I'm i know that's what i'm saying like, like why use it at the very very end yeah like, was it cheaper to do it right at the end than do it during this the... This is how unimpressed I was with it, is I knew that there was a post-credit scene, and I just didn't even care to see it. Oh, it was great. It was, the I thought the first, post-credit scene was, so the first was. post-credit yeah. was great. The first one is uh, Bill Murray is yeah. being interviewed by a woman. You don't know who yet. And yeah. you can see the card. And he's like, two wavy lines, three maybe. I get that. He goes, three, la- three, three wavy lines. And then yeah. it cuts to her and it's Dana. Yeah. It's Sigourney Weaver. And yeah. then she shocks him. And then she shocks him. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, so, and then he explains. So she's like, so he's like, so you used to do this to like people? And he's like, yeah, but I only shocked the boys. And she's like oh, that's just evil. And he's like, I know. And then she holds up another one and he gets it right. And then she like ends up shocking right. him again. And it's, it's just cute because it's like, there's still yeah. a couple. 
mm-hmm. that's nice because it shows it like, yeah, they ended up together. And then it's just a funny harken back to. And he makes her look young. He does. In that. Yeah. I mean, Bill Murray's kind of just aged naturally, which I'm fine with. I'm yeah. doing myself. Yeah. But like, he hasn't lost it. She looks yet, pretty though. good. I don't know. How old she yeah, is. for her age. Oh, yeah, she's awesome. She yeah. Period. Yeah. Yeah. She's a good actress, too. And uh, the other one. The other one, it just cuts to Winston. Yeah. And he must be a doctor now because yeah. they call him doctor. Right? Yeah. And I can't tell what his business is, but he's like, know. I've made a lot of money. Yeah. And then he goes to the original firehouse and opens it and the car pulls in. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, they drive it into that like at the beginning joke, of the like it, they turned it into a Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, right. That's after the Reagan I joke. I thought they right? said I could be wrong, but like I thought they said that he went into finance and made a ton of money. No, maybe that's what it was. Maybe or something like that. Um, but they show the the Ecto Cruiser going into the city at the end of the movie. The movie, and then that's like the continuation of that scene is like you see it finally pull into the firehouse because it got. They said some actor bought out. All of Tribeca, right? Which is where they mm-hmm. the firehouse was at. So he made enough money that they bought it. So again, yeah. I think I and don't know. And then they show it's... the basement and they show the old container and then the red lights flashing, which in the first one when he cuts the member of the police chief or whatever yeah. cuts the power and then yeah. it starts flashing. So Which again, I thought that actually worked well for me because it kind of it was a there was the problem with like scenes that are like hearkening back to like old stuff is when it doesn't fit in the plot. And it doesn't progress anything. It's just like, oh, yeah, they've got a Twinkie. You know, oh, yeah, they've got a crunch bar in this thing. It's like they're just showing it because it fits with what we know, right? That's bad. But that actually works because they talked about how that got bought out and they how they they all fell apart and, they, you know, they no longer were operating as the Ghostbusters after a certain point. They set up the idea that he had money, though, and then they set up that now that they've been redeemed in a sense, their team has kind of reformed. They've, you know, put the past behind them that he would buy the location, that he would kind of set it up. And so it's it's hearkening back to things we remember, but it's also setting up a potential sequel and a furtherance of where things would naturally go with the story if they were going to do a sequel. So it, like that worked for me. Mm-hmm. That's the type of, you know, nostalgia that I I can get behind in right. a film. Yeah. Um, and there was a few too many occasions where it was nostalgia for just nostalgia's sake. And I think that's what yeah, you're saying not, you don't it's not like. bad, but it's just like... No, I agree. It's, the Twinkie wasn't even a thing, <laughs> the, is what I'm he's saying. He's stuck on the like, Twinkie. He's like, the Twinkie! <laughs> yeah. Just called the like Twinkie Woody movie. Yeah, Zombieland. exactly. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I liked Janine's cameos. That's like the secretary, I think she was. Oh, yeah, right, and Potts. Annie Potts. Yeah. Is her real name? I liked her at the end, though. She had a good joke at the very end where she's like, great office, lots of wall space. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's good. Yeah. I think her cameos in, in it were pretty nice. I thought it would have been really touching if they somehow could have gotten Rick Moranis back in there. Man. Like, I don't know how, but yeah. that would have been really He hard. is acting again, but he got like but really beat up in New York City Did he? recently. Last year, oh, I think. He got mugged that. and like... So I didn't know that. Beat the <laughs> Sorry, crap out of that's it. really sad, but it yeah. kind of... Wait, is this like Ivan Reitman's dead? This, sure? this is legit. Like, <laughs> oh, I, I hope he's not that was like the badly, one, but it kind of fits his character. That's like the like, one time in the last year the country came together where everybody's just like, you don't do that to yeah, Rick Moranis. That, I Honestly, I, I have no desire for him to see any pain or injury, but it's just like... Out of everybody? Out of everybody in the cast, a he was the dorkiest. 60-year-old Rick Moran. Yeah, but he's like the dorkiest yeah. guy. So just yeah, He was the funniest in that, Man, in that movie. He's yeah. funny in all that stuff. Every Strange yeah. Brew. Yeah. Even yeah. Honey, I Shrunk yeah. the Kids. Oh, I love Honey, stuff. I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I don't know if they'll ever make that's. And we talked about this way. This is. I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning of the podcast. Um, I said when I left, would I want to see a sequel to this new you know, reboot of 
the Ghostbusters, and I I can't say that I would. Not with these kids. Not with these kids necessarily. That are going to age out of it in five yeah, years. Or anyway. maybe yeah. in 10 years when the Phoebe actress yeah, herself the, the problem, can yeah. be an adult. Yeah, the problem, yeah. like, it, yeah, it should have been a sequel of their kids. And it's been so long. Yeah. It is now their grandkids. It's now their grandkids. Grand <laughs> so yeah. Which is so. even harder to explain. Yeah. yeah. So maybe new cast, so new plot. Set it in 95. They, have... Maybe they're funded by... You know, the you know what I would like to see? What? Winston and Janine sitting down, holding interviews, new people coming in, yeah. new actors, and then a training montage with Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray, but they're old, but they're training them how to be Ghostbusters. Yeah. And it's not the grandkids. It's but, like, I mean, right. but yeah, yeah. Again, what's so brilliant about the original is like they're selling their own product and they don't know how to sell it. You know, that commercial yeah. is still funny yeah. to sell. Do yeah. you, are, are you trouble with strange horses in the night? <laughs> yeah. Spooks, ghouls. <laughs> goes, well, like what I would ready say. ready to believe you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that. Yeah. They said that they did golden. their job too well, which is why they, there's no ghosts anymore around. Mm -hmm. So in order for there to be a sequel, there's going to have to be a ghostly pandemic that breaks out that machine in New York. Beeping, which I guess would like Slimer would be in there. Yeah, something right? would be in there, but those would have to get loose. Or um, um, what was the guy from the painting? Vigo? Yeah, Vigo. Like he would probably be in Ivan that the vault. Great, Ivan the Terrible or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, he would probably be in the vault. Like there would have to be something that lets all those ghosts out mm -hmm. for that ghost activity or just a new slime evil slime is building up in the sewers and <laughs> it's causing yeah. more ghosts and ghouls i do want, i did want to give credit to this film afterlife because they show the blue guy that eats all the metal mm -hmm. and it's not like it cuts to him and he looks scared and he goes muncher scared mm -hmm. like the only time they give him a name is when the girl says muncher yeah right and it shows you as well that they can limit their amount of nostalgia because that scene could have so easily started ice in my mouth um it could have so easily been slimer Mm -hmm. Like they could have just made that Slimer because they wanted to have nostalgia. It's like, no, or they're creating toys. a new, yeah, yeah so they're that, creating a so new ghost. So when Paul Rudd lets it out, that's the dog. Yep. But was Slimer just there? Muncher. Slimer wasn't. Muncher no, was I mean, just Muncher. there. What, the way that I that it came across to me, and again, this is why I was more okay with the, the Stay Puff ones, even though that was forced and felt like a little bit of plot hole, is there where they had been holding back the the – the ghost launching of uh, the big bad girl. But as soon as th that other key master got loose, it basically became a point where the guns could no longer keep the amount of ghost energy and ghost power because it was 2021 at bay and at check. And so the final nail in the coffin was when Paul Rudd lifted yeah. the no, gun I and it was, allowed it all to- It was doing its job. That's what caused the earthquakes. No. Yeah, because yeah, they were like, it's more oh, yeah, of an yeah, explosion. Yeah, so it was every time those guns would Every go time off. the guns would go off, there would be a buildup of that ghost power or whatever you want to call it, spiritual energy that would create earthquakes in the area because it would be a buildup of that. And then the ghosts would go off and they would block it and push it back down. And I think what just happened is it just kept building and building and building. And then once yeah, that ghost that... dog got loose, then it really was like all bets are off because they – can't really do much to stop it at this point. Um, that's another thing I was thinking plot line, you know, like, you mean all these earthquakes going off and nobody gives a crap, you know, but I was like, yeah, they just kind of were like, then again, oh, okay, you this see. kind of stuff is actually happening here in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. They're like vibrations <laughs> and weird noises literally, yeah. literally going on. And 
Yeah. It's like a local news thing. Like, yeah. 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 And they kind of make fun of it because when it first happens, the kids and the mom all get under the table and the boy's like, remember that time we all died under a table? Yeah. During an earthquake? Yeah. And then it happens when she's in school and none of the kids react. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, it just you shows go. you that they're used to it, right? Yeah. 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 Well, there you go. I don't think we have to talk for an hour and 40 minutes here almost. Uh, any other stuff you guys wanted to talk about with Ghostbusters that we didn't Just go to? watch the original. Just sit down. Or if you're a kid, if you go see this one and your kid likes it, show them yeah, the originals. show them the originals. I don't think it's a bad – I don't think there's any reason in my mind to watch 2016. No. There's, I just pretend like no, that never happened. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but I do think you know if you like the first and the second, this is a good one to check out. And it's not a – Despite what you're saying, I, I don't think it's a bad movie. I just think it's a little bit underdeveloped is right. really it. It's heavy That's on nostalgia. Bad. It's a little bit underdeveloped, but the acting is good for the most part. The pacing is decent for the most part. And the fan service. The fan I thought service it was good. is fun yeah, at times. I just, and, I just thought that and know, I, they, they just weren't a part of the film. It, it's and, got a moment at the end where if you're familiar with the original cast, it is touching potentially. Um, but it, it can be, I think, good just even if you're not familiar with the original one it's got a touching family mm -hmm. type the idea it's that like family's a, yeah. important and the theme of that being the build-up and the payoff is is nice yeah but they'd spent so much time just bashing family units and then not giving good examples of anybody yeah but good stuff too i mean finn's character um in the food in the in the film trevor is very close to phoebe and he helps her out a lot and they go on this adventure together and you know callie her mom does protect them, and I, so it's not like there's a but good example just, of family, but, but it like, does show um, you how family like can the, be so important. The alcoholism, except for the jokes, what, how is that helping or hurting? Anything? I didn't look you at the alcoholism I mean? as that a big a thing. It was almost more for comedic. It was mentioned a lot. Like I it, know, but it wasn't it just, like uh, it was so odd. To it me. wasn't I mean, like they specifically pointed out where the family. Is having all of these issues, and the, the mom is where, uncontrollable. Where Phoebe and she's came down and... the stairs with that that instrument, and she's literally passed out. Yeah, it was the middle of the night. I mean, it's late at night. She's at home. She had a glass of wine. I mean, <laughs> she been on a bender. She went on a date, and she went to a bar. No, it was with before her... the date. No, I know. I'm talking about the times that she's drinking. Right? She wasn't like in the middle of the day driving down the road with a bottle in the front seat. And, she could have just you know, as easily been. She wasn't on drunk. the couch with the book with a wine glass of wine. Right, but any time, any time we saw her drinking, it never felt like it was at a bad moment. It always felt warranted by the story. An alcoholic is somebody that their whole life revolves around drinking and. That talking is, about drinking. Yeah, but like she was she joking with that. Yeah, she made a joke about it. She's like, there better be a bar. Like, I, don't I remember, I remember that joke. one. And then he says something like, did you ever try this? And she goes, no, I tried whiskey. And that was it. Like, yeah. There, there was a lot of joking around about it. And I'm not saying that's maybe in bad taste, but I never got the sense that the relationship no, 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 no. she had that's with her family saying. was like, impacted just, by drinking. It didn't have a point. Is what, I, what I'm saying. So why it was a joke. focus on it? That like, was the thing. It was, it was a joke. That was part of her character mm. that she drank and she liked drinking, but it wasn't – they weren't trying to make her an alcoholic. So they were just trying to joke about it a Another lot. Another thing I did mind. like was Paul Rudd seemed to actually have thought about his character a little more. Yeah. Even to the fact where like they pick up the kids from the prison and then yeah. when they're getting out of the car and he's like, so you know, kids, that's why, you know, you sh and he just gives <laughs> up, right? But like yeah. – like I don't know, that's funny. There's I don't think that was written. I think he well, probably I just. I like I like how he was introduced 
to uh, Carrie Coon's character, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I liked him in the, I liked him as a character. I did not like him as a play, replacement for Rick Moranis. Yeah, for it sure. It was just, it wasn't but I just like yeah, Paul they, Rudd. same dichotomy. Yeah. yeah. They, then when he became the dog, it was literally like, to me, a Saturday Night Live skit of him doing an impression of exactly Rick yeah Marinus, and know? that's why charlie day probably would have been much better yeah, for that right. you know he wouldn't have felt like such a like a skit it would have felt like yeah you're just a weirdo kind of in my book him. i don't think paul rudd can do wrong though i've loved him since wet hot american summer I yeah mean, yeah but like yeah. why did his arm sleeves why did his jeans have to be cut he like, had the flower it, in the ear too yeah that was funny <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was funny. yeah i got this for you i couldn't I tell what she said in response to that Oh, when they were using the demon voice, yeah, he says something. And I then thought she... she said something like, "Oh, that's sweet of you," or something, yeah. and then like eats the flower. Yeah, and so, eat, yeah, yeah. I thought there was, uh, yeah. I mean, there, if we go really into depth of things, there's so many things we could say. We're like, eh. the whole they drive up to the top of a mountain. That's what I mean. Where like, there's whatever. earthquakes, <laughs> and they hang out on the top of this rickety, you know, elevator over whole, right yeah. over the whole thing, and then they look down and they see like a hot mess going on down there, right? Like when the camera jumped, and there's this hot mess of like spiritual demons and crud down there and then they're just like Meh, and they move on and then later they come back and like yeah we should go down there mm-hmm. like i didn't understand the whole yeah he's like i was here yesterday yeah yeah crazy i didn't understand yeah. the whole thing with the girl honestly like she didn't need that's one of the characters i was saying earlier didn't need to be in there uh, lucky or whatever her name is yeah i'd almost feel like they were setting up their own little foursome of ghostbuster yeah, yeah, yeah. You needed, and she like, was one of them somebody to to fit the Oscar winning yeah, check boxes. We, yeah. Yeah. Cause we have four jumpsuits. No, I agree. Yeah. It actually would have been in my mind more interesting if th- she hadn't been there. And then, uh, Trevor's character, the, the older brother would have been just basically ticked off the whole time. Mm-hmm. And like, he hated his life and he got a job cause but he had nothing to do, together. but this brought them all together. And it would have made him, it would have made his role in it with Phoebe. Like, you know, she tries to confide in him and say, like, there's this thing going on. He's like, I don't care. This is stupid. You know, but then he gets involved versus he kind of is like he's having his he's like trying to get in a relationship and he's trying to work and he's trying to be a brother right. and he's trying to fix a car. And it was a little too much for throughout him. the movie. I thought it was going to end with the mom, Phoebe, Trevor. I think he said the boy's name was. Yeah. And then they were going to like shoot all three shooting the guns, yeah. but it wouldn't be enough. They needed that fourth. And then I thought Dan Aykroyd was going to come out. Oh, and be like, I've yeah. got the fourth one. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Because then it kept it as like family and Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. But. I was fine with all three of them showing up. I thought that was pretty fun. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It was unexpected to yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I just wanted more of them, not just a yeah. one minute cameo, I guess. You know, it's just like, again, like I just think soundstage, maybe half a day's worth of work. Yeah. How much did you make? You know. And yeah. no interaction with the other actors and actresses. Very yeah, little. Like, I don't some. think so. Did Bill Murray talk to anyone other than? Yeah, he talked to Phoebe. He talked to uh, one of them. Dan Aykroyd talked to a podcast. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think they talked to Carrie real quickly, and I thought it was very oh, yeah, touching that they all had name. a moment where they got to hug their you know coworker. But I mean, even Bill grandfather, Murray, father. I thought that was nice. What did he say in that? Like you're saying that talk show. He's like. Well, a lot of people told me they uh, cried at the end, so I think it's going to be a very successful comedy. Yeah. <laughs> That's, <great. laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's great. It was weird that he didn't talk. I will say that. Uh, no, one, I actually yeah. was afraid he was going to talk. I, and I, I was like, come on. Because I liked the beginning where they didn't show his face. And yeah. so when they did show him, I was like, oh, that kind of sucks. But I get it. At least the other guys are there. Yeah. And they're like happy about it. It just didn't make sense. I get that it would have been awkward, but it's like 
he had vocal cords. Yeah. All the other ghosts could talk. Yeah. He just didn't talk. To me, it's like a respect. Like, you don't think that he would at least say, like, I love you oh, to yeah. his daughter as he That's disappears. Like, talk about gratuitous <laughs> nostalgia. Why were the books stacked oh, yeah. up in a row, which was the library scene in the beginning? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like. Uh, there was a lot of it. Was yeah. that ghost there? No. Uh, there was a lot of nostalgia type things. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. I just think the using non-living actors in movies is a very thin line between like it actually looked really good, but just it looked just looked like a bad ghost, but it really looked like him. Yeah, yeah. And it actually it looked like him as his Ghostbuster character might have aged, not how he actually aged. Correct. Yeah, because he got he got pretty chunky. Yeah, he looked. Yeah, but they didn't show. He wasn't chunky in the that in the ghost version. No, that's what I'm saying. It looked like you took Egon from. Ghostbusters oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. aged him up, gotcha. not yeah. Harold Ramis, who actually got gotcha. yeah. kind of chunky. Awesome. Well, give some ways, again, to, I'll have it in the description, but some ways to get connected to you guys. Yeah, com. It'll be in the description below. Sounds yep. good. And I'm Ross Caligiuri, and you can check me out at dreaminginthashadows.com. Awesome. Uh, as always, check out our website, which is realviewmedia.com, uh, or go to Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash the real review. You'll be able to get uh, connected to any of the episodes that we post up on there. Uh, we'd love to have you get connected. Um, also, if you're listening to this podcast, I feel like I should mention if you're this far in, then hopefully you've enjoyed uh, the podcast. So go ahead, leave us a review if you can on whatever platform you're listening uh, and share. Let other people know we've got the podcast going on. Um, we're doing these like once a month or so, kind of whenever a movie comes out. I know a ton of other movies have happened, but we're just kind of doing it as we can. But um, yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions on the podcast, that being the case. So shoot us an email. If you had any thoughts about Ghostbusters Afterlife, if you thought any of our opinions were dumb, uh, bad, <laughs> good, whatever, uh, realreviewmedia at gmail.com is the place to do so. Uh, we would love to hear from you. So uh, that being said, it's been real. <laughs>